Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. When it seems like all is lost... When it feels as if you have no hope. When you are outnumbered, overpowered, and they've got you cornered. That's when you realize your last best hope is you. Halo. Combat Evolved. Rated M for Mature. Halo, halo, one and all, and welcome to the beginning of it all, here at the Sacred Icon Podcast, (laughs) where we talk all things Halo. I don't know who that guy was, but he was pretty cool, he was pretty cool. For today's episode, ladies and gentlemen, and your listening pleasure, we are going to make another slip space jump back in time to discuss Halo Combat Evolved. I'm Joshy Hargis, and I'm snip-snapping my Himmel clip into my MA5B, baby, because that's like my favorite sound in the game. It's just super satisfying. Joining with me, as always, is my buddy, my pal, my friend, the guy with the blank face as I go through this, <laughs> and with one big busting ammo clip loaded in the chamber of his M6D pistol, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Sidewinder Shuffle himself, give it up for Brian! Hello, everybody out there in the Sacred Icon listening group. We are so excited to bring you this palate cleanser of an episode. We talked about... Palate cleanser. Palate cleanser. We talked about what could we do to cleanse our palate after all the infinite talk and all the halo... Did you just say cleanse these nuts? No, not yet. Oh, man. I said said cleanse these nuts. Okay, cleanse these nuts, Josh. (laughs) I said cleanse this colon. I couldn't hear. Yeah. Oh, I do that every day. Every day. Every day. All day. Gotta make sure. If you can't eat a steak off it, it ain't clean. <laughs> um, man, we're going to get through this intro eventually. But no, uh, yes. so we've talked a lot about Halo Infinite, which is new. And we've talked a lot about the Halo TV show, which is new. So we thought, what's a better palate cleanser than to go way back to the beginning to Halo Combat Evolved, where you feel that all hope is lost. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're just going to talk it. about, yeah, we're just going to talk about our experiences with Halo Combat Evolved. We're going to talk about the levels, the characters, just how iconic and classic that game is. It's just a sublime experience. I think for us, as much as Josh and I will go back and forth from being like, oh, Halo 2 is the best, Halo 3 is the best, 
there's some ways in which Halo Combat Evolved is just the most distilled ex- Halo experience you can have. <laughs> you go in the uh, the water aisle at the grocery store, yes, and you're looking for a Halo Combat Evolved. You grab the distilled water. Oh, it's distilled water. It's got a little Master <laughs> Chief icon on it. Yeah, like Halo Two, drinking water. Halo Three, spring water. Halo Combat yeah. Evolved, distilled. You get to you get to like uh, freaking Halo Five. That's like some Fuji shit going on. <laughs> <right there. laughs> Damn, that's uh, harsh. But yeah, uh, no, that's we love sparkling it. water. But yeah, sparkling water. There's like a little like the water's got like an orange tint. And we're like, we don't like orange. <laughs> Halo Infinite is flavored water. I don't know what Halo Four is. I'm trying. I I Halo Infinite. It might be flavored water, but it's like a good flavor. It's like a flavor. Oh, yeah, I was in the for mood sure. for it. No, yeah, I was in the mood for that's it. That's just good. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna go back and, and talk about Halo Combat Evolved. Um, guys, let's uh, let's just get right into it. Josh, what was your very first experience? Well, actually, start with. Seeing Combat Evolved, like seeing Halo or read or whatever, like seeing its existence, and then your first experience playing it. And if you've already told these on the show, which I'm sure you have, feel free to tell them in long form. This is this edica- this uh, episode sure, dedicated man. to that. Yeah, I've told this on the show before, but uh, for those of you guys who haven't heard, and I'll try to spice it up for you guys who have heard, first time I ever came into contact with Combat Evolved stuff was in a Game Pro magazine. Uh, I used to go to the library a lot, and they would have their issues of game pro and gamer magazine and egm and all that stuff on sale so i'd always try to go in the back get them for like 10 cents and i started seeing halo pop up in these things and it was just another game to me i didn't pay attention to it you know like so many other games that were out at the time at this point in my life i was still playing movie licensed games and sports titles i hadn't really not ventured into narrative storytelling in video games so where everyone else is playing like brian's playing ukrainian of time <laughs> other people are playing ff7 uh you know, I'm playing X-Men Mutant Academy or, or NBA Live or something. But I started, uh, I saw this one particular issue in the back of a Game Pro magazine. And it was a two-page spread. Uh, in the backdrop was Master Chief. And it was littered on each side with images of people at LAN parties playing. And at the time, I remember this game had been out for a little bit. You know, maybe a month or two. This is like a January issue, let's say. And... I thought, why are they, like, talking about a game that's kind of old now? (laughs) Which is funny back then how quick we thought games got old. But I just didn't understand why there was an appeal of it past... Like, I was sick. I was kind of sick of hearing it, uh, hearing about it. I, you know, I didn't know too much about it, but I didn't care. I didn't care about the Xbox. There wasn't anything that was interesting to me about that console yet, and... I think I was, I think I was really real hard on the PS2. Like I was really crushing on that console, and um, the thought of an Xbox coming out, I was like, ugh, you know. And and the GameCube didn't interest me either, so I was like, get out of here. But I was curious about what all that buzz was, you know. And little did I know how much that would take over my life and become my favorite aspect of it. So the writing was on the wall from like day one. But fast forward a bit, at some point months later, I think, and I'm at my grandpa's. And he's got a nephew over, and he had rented uh, back when you could rent consoles from rental stores. He rented, he went to Blockbuster and rented the Xbox for our nephew, and uh, he had Combat Evolved and a couple other games. And my grandpa's there, and he's like, "Oh, Josh, you got this Xbox?" And I'm like, "No, I got PlayStation." And he's like, "Oh, he's like, you know, so and so, show him this, show him this. Uh, what's that one shooter game? You know?" And he's like, "Oh, Halo." <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, put it in," and he puts it in, and. Uh, I see the opening cutscene, and there's a part of me in this moment. I don't think this part I've mentioned before, but there was a part of me that was just so reluctant. I'm like, I'm a PlayStation fan. 
I, this is like I'm sinning right now. I'm sinning. It's sacrilege. You, you know what you're doing to me, making like I don't. I want to see this on my own terms, you know. <laughs> so, uh, but then I, I see the opening cutscene and Chief gets out. Uh, the cryopod, the guy does the let's get the hell out of here and immediately completely eats dirt. And then the music, duh, 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 you know, it kicks in and you just jump over that pillar, that that thing, and uh, you get your pistol after talking to Keys. And I was immediately in love. That moment for me was the I got to get an Xbox moment. And, you know, I kind of miss that in this day and age. In this day and age, you know, I'm getting consoles at launch if I can. Uh, I'm not getting them because of a specific video game. Mostly I'm getting them trusting that there's going to be stuff coming out that I'm interested in. But back then it was the killer app aspect of it that was really fun for the buy-in. And that was that was immediately my killer app. And I thought, holy shit, that part of myself that was like, I'm sick of seeing this in GamePro. Stop talking about Halo. Uh, I was gone. and You're like, this is all I want to see now. That was all I wanted to see. And then I remember the first time I actually really got to play it, uh, I was in a GameStop where they had the little kiosks set up, and you had the the two Xbox controllers there, and they had it on the Halo level. And I was driving around in a Warthog, and I was like, "Oh man!" I was like, "This, this is awesome!" And then I asked my mom for an Xbox, and um, then I'd gotten it. And I might get this mixed up now because of you know memory being what it is, but uh, I think my dad also rented me an Xbox and Halo, and that was how I beat it my first time. I don't think I actually own that Xbox because it, when my by the time my mom got me it. The one game she got me was Combat Evolved, and I actually didn't play it because I'd beaten it already. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of sat there, but I was happy to have it. It was just like, you know, we, we all do that with some things, but you get something that you've been looking forward to, and now yeah. that you have it, you're like, okay. <laughs> I, bought, I bought Dune on 4K the day it came out, and it sat sealed in my entertainment center for like three or four months. Yep. Because I'd already watched it four times. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's pretty much the gist of my story. I mean, I didn't really sink my teeth into Halo until I started landing it up with Halo 2 in 2006, I think it was. But uh, that was that was my first entry into it, and uh, it definitely changed a lot for me. And I, I that was that was still out of time, like I said, when I wasn't playing a lot of narrative focused games. So that was really one of the first games to kind of break break me into uh, all of that type of stuff so it was a, a great experience and one i'm grateful for and it's still it's not my favorite halo multiplayer but it's my favorite halo today because it's my most replayed because i always go back to that time and i get those that, that dopamine uh nostalgia of what it was like playing it my first time you know there's still the part of me when i'm going through it that can remember what it was like to be in a specific section like when they're like you know this cave is not a natural formation and there's that part of myself that can still think back to not knowing what was around the corner and not knowing what to expect for the rest of the story. So I'm able to kind of go back to that briefly and recapture it. So I love it for that. But what about you, man? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of unique because we, we have very different experiences because as anyone who listens to the podcast knows, I started with Halo 2. So Halo 1 was something I went back to. But to kind of get us to that point, um, I'm sure I saw Halo in magazines or on TV or whatever beforehand. But my first real memory of Halo was being at a friend's house and some of the uh, some of the people over at my friend's house, like his brothers and his brother's friends, were playing Combat Evolved in the living room, and I just remember them in the campaign running across the bridge on Halo, the second mission, and like going behind a rock and seeing a grunt, and then shooting and killing the grunt. And I just remember because I was such a Nintendo fanboy that 
hated that Microsoft had a console. I remember seeing them shoot the grunt and kill it. And I remember thinking to myself, like, you know, I was probably, I mean, at that time, I was probably like 11, 12. And I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, they just like this game because it's violent and violence isn't the best Nintendo is and <laughs> blah, 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 blah. So, like, that was my first experience seeing it. Yeah, and a I really similar did, there, I guess. Yeah, like, I really didn't. It, I mean, I was being bitter and salty as, like, an 11-year-old who was a Nintendo fanboy, but I also genuinely didn't feel interested in it. Um, but then it was, obviously, trying Halo 2 out, which I've told on this podcast so many times. I'm not going to tell that again, plus we're talking about Halo Combat Evolved. But, you know, trying Halo 2 out is what made me want to get the game, which what got me into the series. So I got an Xbox, and I got Halo 2 for my birthday. That's that story I tell all the time, the iconic story of getting the... Console. They're all iconic, Brian. Um, <laughs> thanks, Josh. But uh, so it was about a month after I got my Xbox and Halo 2. And at that point, I've already beat Halo 2. I've played it a ton with my brother. And it was my birthday party because my parents got me the Xbox and Halo 2 a month early for my, birth- for my birthday. I can't remember what the reason was, but they got it a month early. So it was Just actually for being my a good boy. Yeah, maybe. If they were here, they'd probably go, doubt that was it. Uh, (laughs) But it was at my actual birthday. We had a a birthday party, and the gift from my aunt was, I've told this once, I think, before, because it's made it a a thing, a trend with Ryan Barca that we we do. We call out NASCAR Thunder. But my my aunt for my birthday gave me three used games because she went to... Game Crazy. Uh, I know Josh remembers that, but I don't know if anyone listening remembers a Game Crazy. Not I liked anymore. Game Crazy. It's a shame they didn't um, stick around. Game Crazy had to buy two used games, get one free of equal or lesser value. So she bought me, because I only asked for two games, because I already had Halo 2. and At least as a kid, I didn't think Xbox had that many games to offer, because I was pretty, pretty picky about what I'd play. So I asked for the first Halo. And it was less because I was dying to play it and more because, well, I have Halo 2. I got to have the whole collection, right? <laughs> so I asked for Halo Combat Evolved and Fable because I remember watching Kyle's older brother play Fable and I thought that game looks amazing. So I asked for those two games, but she had the whole, you know, it had the whole buy two games, get one free. So she went and bought Fable and Combat Evolved and she was like, well, what's the third game going to be? So she called my dad. I found this out later. She called my dad and my dad's like, yeah, pick up that uh, NASCAR Thunder 2003. Uh, that'll be good for him. And, uh, because my dad wanted to play it. So I, for my birthday, I got a used copy of Combat Evolved, Fable, and NASCAR Thunder 2003. And uh, obviously, I didn't care about NASCAR Thunder. Because when I opened NASCAR Thunder, I just looked at my dad, and I'm like, uh, okay, like, this is for you. <laughs> um, but uh, so after I got, after I, that birthday party was over, <laughs> yeah, go I, I remember going to, like, it was planned that I was going to go to my grandma Kay's, and my grandma Kay lived two and a half hours away. So it was like, right as, right as my birthday party ended, I hopped in the car with my grandparents, and we were on a two-and-a-half-hour drive home. But I brought my Xbox, and I brought my new games. Ooh, smart. And when I got there, I set up in the basement where my grandparents really didn't hang out. They had a TV down there. I set my Xbox up, and I'm like, I'm just going to play my new games on my Xbox. Was that the one where you saw a one-hour photo, like that same basement? That's the same basement, dude. Great memory. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, great memory. Yeah, so they, yeah, they did this. It was a nice. It was awesome basement. It had, like, a dartboard and a pool table, and it was, it was all finished down there. But they didn't nice. spend much time down there, so... I set my Xbox up down there, and I immediately popped in Fable, because Fable was the game that I was dying to play, and it's funny, because I played Fable for like, oh, I don't know, 10 to 15 hours, and I didn't know that you could, not in one go, I'm saying over the course of time, I played for like 10, 15 hours, and I didn't know you could switch out your armor, like, because I'd never played an RPG, Mm. so I didn't know, so like, I was still wearing the guild clothing, 
10, 15 hours in, and I remember Creighton came. I can't remember for whatever reason, but my family came to my grandparents days later. And Creighton came down, he wanted to see my new games, and I was showing him a Fable character and stuff, and he was asking a bunch of questions, and because Creighton asked a bunch of questions, it led me to the menus, and I realized I had a golden chainmail helmet, and I tried to, like, click it, and it put it on my character, and I was like, holy crap, my character's wearing this now, he looks so cool! And it, like, blew my mind that you could, like, equip your character. But anyways, it's not about Halo, but anyways, That's awesome, it was like, though, no, it's cool. So I primarily was playing Fable, but... Also, before my brother got there, I had played Combat Evolved. Like, I want to go check this out and see what the first Halo's like. And I popped it in, and uh, immediately, as a dumb... Uh, oh, actually, no, because that was my 13th birthday. So I'm not 11 or 12 here. I'm 13. As a dumb 13-year-old, I pop in Halo Combat Evolved. And I'm excited for it, but I'm like, of course these graphics are shit. Like, that's what I thought as a kid, because I'm like, they're not as good as Halo 2. Now, obviously, I think they were still extremely good at the time, and I think they've held up extremely well now. I love Halo Combat Evolved's graphics and the art style and everything. Um, but I thought, okay, the graphics are bad, but let's see how good the game is. And I started playing it, and, you know, there's the Pillar of Autumn and all this stuff, and, and just going through the levels, and um, I loved it. Like, immediately on my first playthrough, I thought the entire game was... I thought it was, like, more or less just as good as Halo 2, except, of course, Halo 2's better because it's newer and it has better graphics. I'm 13, you know, that's how I think. But I played through a lot of it. I remember showing Creighton. I was like, look at look at what Halo's like. And, like, he came down, and I showed him, and I'm like, look how, you know, how bad the graphics are. Look at, like, how different this weapon looks. Like, look what happens when I, look if I jump off this building, and, I, like, Chief just dies. <laughs> because in the second game, we never, you could never die from jumping. So it was just funny to be like, we're on one of those Halo like uh, pillars, the ones they put back in Infinite that shoot the beams out. Yeah, you could be on top of that and high jump off of it, and you die. Or you know, it's all like about die. the Mjolnir upgrade. Yeah, so it's like this Mark II just came up from Songnam this morning. Yeah, you. That's what you could fucking too. jump. <clears throat> yeah, but uh, and also like I'd show him. I'm like, look at this. Look when the Warthog touches you, and your guy just goes, wow. You know, it's like just touch. So <laughs> yeah. Show my brother how archaic this game was. It was funny how much a talking piece of the game was how archaic and old it, it was, but. It's funny because I never look at it like that now. And, you know, I think objectively Halo 1, Halo Combat Evolved is is a better game than Halo 2. Halo 2 is my favorite, but like Combat Evolved is like either the best Halo game or probably a, an argument to be made for 3, but uh, it's up there. So, yeah, I loved it from the get-go. Um, it was amazing. But, um, Josh, before we go into... Our, our next segment of talking about Combat Evolve, where we kind of thought we could talk about the levels and what mm -hmm. we thought of each one. Yeah. Let's go over and listen to an old school ad having some Combat Evolve Marines uh, pitch a new graphics card. Ooh. Let's hear it. After our ship broke apart and we evacuated to the surface of Halo, I was worried we'd left all our best hardware behind. No, I'm not talking about military hardware like jeeps, tanks, or dropships. I'm talking about graphics hardware. Now that we're waging an epic guerrilla war against the Covenant Horde, I'm sure glad I'm packing an NVIDIA GeForce 2 GTS. Aha! Whoa! Nice frame rate. Thanks. With the power of the GeForce 2 GTS shading rasterizer, plasma burns look more realistic than ever before. And with NVIDIA's second generation geometry engine, 
I never have to worry about a jumpy firefight. Plus, the GeForce 2 GTS has support for eight textures at full speed. Not to mention cubic environment mapping. Now that's one mean piece of alien-busting hardware-loving. NVIDIA's GeForce 2 GTS and Bungie's Halo. This is the future of gaming! I don't say we didn't warn you! Man, Josh, they just don't make ads like that anymore. I they don't, don't make them like they used no. to, baby. No, I, I don't. Uh, I don't see that happening with Halo nowadays. I think it's funny because, like, we talked about this a little off the air, but like, uh, Halo. They didn't know Halo was going to be one of the most massive IPs in the world at this time. Hey. So it's like you wouldn't see like because you know like Halo Three were getting like these live action emotional veterans talking about the Mauler from when they were fighting in the Covenant War. And it's like Halo One's like get this graphics card. It, and the that's the bungee like, charm I love though. Take that's me true. back, take me back. Take and then the elites are like, "Oh no, it's the Nvidia GeForce 5090." Whatever they say, it's like <laughs> yeah. it's just ridiculous. Oh, super uh-huh. ridiculous. I miss ads like that, man. When they were like really in on the gaming culture, they didn't try to be like super. You know, like they knew where they stood. You know what I mean? Like they knew their lane, and that they did oh, ads yeah. in that. Oh yeah, now like. Pretty much every game to some level is trying to be as artistic as a movie. You know what I mean? Nothing, well, not all of them, but like a lot of them. Even Halo Nothing Super. beats the original Xbox Live promotion of Dark Master. Dark when he's like Master, playing against yeah. all those other players and they got all their different gamer tags. I'll still I'll still never get over the when it seems like all hope is lost. I just that's just too good. That's just too <laughs> yeah, good. so good, man. So. Um but okay, let's like let's go into the first mission here. So the first mission opens up with wide shot of the galaxy. Pillar of Autumn, it's making its way towards this ring, and uh, I believe, and it's heresy if I get this wrong, but I believe the opening words are like, um, Cortana, all I need to know is, did we lose them? That's what Captain Key says mm-hmm. first. And Still don't, and she's, didn't know what the hell was going on. Oh yeah, no, I have no idea. Even after playing Halo 2, like it didn't help me at all, and then Cortana's like, I think we both know the answer to that, and you know, uh, basically they this goes into having... We got to prep. We got to get Chief out of cryo. Have him come up, and I think it's funny. You know, we talked about the quirkiness of the Nvidia ad, but I think it's so quirky. There's so many things about Halo One that's just kind of quirky and different that I feel like only happened in Combat Evolved, and as the series went forward and it changed, it never came back. Like when you do co-op on this game, two Master Chiefs get out of two cryopods. That always blows my mind because I know that's like not crazy, but it's just like they went through the trouble of. It almost borderline, now obviously in canon this doesn't happen, but it borderline narratively has two Master Chiefs come out of cryo. Like, there's a cutscene showing to show how dated it is because it's just stuff that doesn't really happen nowadays, or it happens. No, well, because now it would be like, that's not canon, how would that happen? But back then it was just like, we're playing a game, who cares, you know? Yeah. So you both your Chiefs get out of there. So I remember thinking, like, I think there was a, a part of me at one point where I thought, like, if I played single player, I thought, like, well... There's supposed to be another Spartan in that one, and it's supposed to be my co-op partner. But really, <laughs> then, then you great. got people who, then you got people who in the lore are like, well, that's supposed to be Linda or whatever, you know. So it's just all kinds yeah. of that stuff. But uh, yeah, so I I played the game on it was either easy or normal. I'd like to think normal. I don't think I did easy that often. So I played on normal. So of course, if you play on normal, you have to you, you get out of the casket and you have to do the you know 
check your calibrations, you know, up, left, right. When you first played it, Josh, was was it on a difficulty where you had to do the calibrations too? Or cause you said No, you that I think level. I think that was only on easy, because I think if you do it on normal, it doesn't do it. I could be wrong, but I think I, think, I mean, I'm not hundred percent, but I, I actually kinda do think you're wrong. I think I thought it was heroic heroic well, and legendary. Between but, the two of us, I wanna place my vote of confidence. You don't in have a memory thought. of it then. No. Oh, no, I actually do when that when my nephew played it, when that kid played it. Okay. But it wasn't when I played it; it didn't. But I, like uh-huh. I said, it, it, okay. you're probably more right on that. I mean, Maybe there could have been a thing too, where if you've already done it, you don't have to do it again. I really have no idea. I don't know. But, but yeah, uh, just like checking your shields out on the thing, and it, it kind of did this. It did a really good job of building this atmosphere, right? Because like we kind of talked about this a teeny bit on our evolution of FPS episode. You go back to prior prior Half Life before Half Life came out, and Doom games and Quake games and Unreal was just kind of like. Throw you in the game. Here's here's a level. You got guns, and you're shooting monsters. Go, you know. But then you got like Half Life came along, and Half Life had this long tram sequence where you just take in the environment, and you hear the the automated voice in the train talking to you, and you see people working and things going on. You know, Halo to me was a better mainstream compromise of the of the two because Half Life One takes a long time to really get going to really get you in the action um you're probably going to spend somewhere between 10 and 20 minutes before you kill anything in half-life but in but in halo it's like here's an old here's a cutscene. and also halo half-life didn't have cutscenes on purpose everything happened in game that's one of the things people give it credit for but combat evolved it's like here's a cool cutscene. all right we're going to get you right into gameplay but we're going to give you some like we're helping build the world right you saw the cutscene. There's the two guys up in the glass that are like, okay, we're checking his calibrations. Does this one work better? You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then once you leave there, it's already had between the cutscene and between the calibration checking, you've had like five minutes or so to get accustomed to this world. And then, all right, we're going to follow this guy. And then like Josh said, I think I think it's a bigger memory for Josh than me. You run out and that guy gets blown up. And it's that's almost the moment where you realize like, Okay, like shit's going down now, and I have something I have to do. Like this is <laughs> when he fucking eats it. There's a part of me that's like, oh my god, what the fuck is going on? It's like in the behind <laughs> the scenes thing when you're in Halo Two, and that guy's like acting out a death or whatever. I don't know if any of you guys remember that, but that shit, that shit always makes me laugh. But uh, yeah, it's a moment of being just like stunned, and then the music kicks in, and that's another thing. Like the music and Marty Michael music is just such a potent combo. In, in Halo and not having no it. Halo without that music. No. And it's, I mean, I love Infinite. I think five and four are great in their own respects, but they'll never land as much as they could because they don't have those. You know, it's it's like it's yeah. like having music in Star Wars that's not John Williams. They could be super good, but they'll yep. never hit the same way because they're just I actually not. think the music is more integral to it is. It's intangible. Than, yeah. Than Master Chief. Yeah, for sure. No, because, yeah. I mean, you did uh, Reach and you do ODST. And you have uh, you have them there, and it still sounds like trailers hey. and other things like yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. So no, that's dude. I I love that level. I mean, I don't know if you want to go through bit by bit of that section or if well, you we're not. Speak yeah, through. we won't take time to like. I was gonna say, but I spend forever. But I did have say, some more things. No, I'll, go ahead. Well, no, you go ahead. I'll pick up a. Have well, I'm just gonna say I was pretty much gonna transport right to you know basically once you he blows up you basically you're running around as chief with with no weapon. Mm-hmm. You know, Marines are guiding you. you know, Captain Keys wants to see you. You get up there. You get to Captain Keys, and it's also kind of a, a different thing. I don't seem like games do a lot. Is he's like, you know, you have this little cutscene. You meet Cortana, and then you know you put Cortana, Cortana. in your hand, and, and then it's like, here's here's my gun. I don't keep it loaded. And I, I found Thanks. this out very. 
I found this out very later, like very late in the game, actually, but or not in the game, but in life, <laughs> I should say. Um, but I always wondered, like, why did they do that? Why do they have your first weapon be given to you with no wep- with no ammo, and then you pick up ammo literally ten steps away from you know out the door? <laughs> he has a weapon, no ammo, gotta find it. <laughs> but I found out the reason they did that is because they didn't want to encourage players to start shooting Captain Keys immediately to kill him. Well, they did it anyway. Well, of course. I've definitely done it myself. But <laughs> but I know I get what you're saying. Yeah, but not but it's, instantaneously. It's always funny because every time, past the first couple times I played Combat Evolved, every time I play Combat Evolved, when I grab that pistol and I'm walking out the door where the ammo, you know how like you, you walk over the ammo and your pistol kind of like cranks it? Yep. Every time I stare at the ground and I'm like, where is that ammo? It's nowhere to be found. Where is this ammo appearing from? And I just stare at the ground and I move tiptoe, tiptoe. I slowly move over it. And every damn time picks up that ammo, and I'm like, where the hell did you get that? There was no bodies, there was no gun, there was no mag. just walking, and just kind of like slightly bends over a bit just to grab it. <sighs> you know, like you're trying to it grab just it. just appears out of thin Pick air. up change off the ground. <laughs> and immediately, there's, it's really kind of smart how they do this too, because you pick up the gun, and there's like a, you know how like when you go in a mall, Josh, you like, you walk through the main door, and there's like almost that little section you like wipe your feet on, and then there's another set of sliding doors, and then you're in the mall? Yeah. They kind of did that with Halo because you walk, you get the pistol, and there's like two or three grunts in this little tiny entrance room that gives you a chance to like, here's what it's like to shoot enemies. And then immediately it takes you to the next room, which is a wide open cafeteria that has elites in it. Great combat well, design. I, that's one of my favorite encounters of that entire game is in that little cafeteria ever, uh, section. I, I love that part. I mean, the combat encounters in this game overall are just fantastic. I mean, super frustrating too at some parts, but that's one of my favorite parts because it... it I, it really felt lived in. I was like, man, people used to eat in here. I was like, damn, this is going to shit. Right. What a bad day for these guys. So, yeah, Kid Me loved that. I wish I could have spent more time in there. Josh, you got to hear this. This made me laugh out loud. Somebody put a tweet on our on our Twitter here. It said, because I asked a question. I wasn't going to incorporate this into the, the podcast, but a question I asked on Twitter, as I said, Halo Combat Evolved consistently feels like one of the most sublime gaming experiences we've ever had. What is the earliest memory you have of desecrating the sacred ring with your filthy footsteps? And this guy says, absolutely fucking obliterating my first grunt with a clean headshot and proceeding to beat the snot out of the corpse while my dad fights for his life in the cafeteria. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. I'm just like, it's funny because out of context, if you don't know who he's talking about, it's like, what's your dad? Like, is he in there trying to get like the last bagel and he's like, everyone wants it? Like, why is he fighting for his life in the cafeteria? But... I thought that was pretty No, cool. that's pretty neat, though, because, yeah, I mean, playing that in co-op, too, was just a whole other aspect to that game, especially on that level, too, just yeah. getting to explore that. I didn't really play a whole lot of games with friends at that point in time still, and if I did, it was just, like, you know, sports games versus matches, stuff like that. Yeah. So the idea of working together in this first-person shooter was just awesome on a console, you know, yeah. it was just transcendental in a way, and, and killing each... It felt completely uncompromised. I'm sure there was some compromises with the technical stuff to make it do split screen, but it felt like the same experience as single player. Yeah, and just like Brian in the co-op campaign we played on uh, YouTube. uh, I was going to pitch that at the end for sure. One of the funny things, well, I'll let you do that, but one of the funny things was, uh, the funniest things to me was playing co-op with friends in that one especially, and it was just a one melee kill to take you down if you got them in the back. I mean, like normal, but... uh, but, you know, you have somebody like Brian in that who was just like, oh, I didn't mean to, dude. I'm so- sorry. <laughs> sorry. It seems my pistol has jumped out of my hand. And then, and then the campaign comes to a standstill 
because while everyone's trying to evacuate the Pillar of Autumn, you and your buddy are sitting there killing one another, and it turns into <laughs> this like battle. <laughs> and you re, re, you get to a safe spot, you respawn, and it's like, don't kill me. I'm not going to kill you. I won't kill you. All right, truce, truce. And then you get into a combat scenario, and then you, you get shot in the back, and you're like, oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's suddenly an hour, you lose an hour of campaign progress because yeah. you've just been running around trying to kill each other. But that's what Great made time. it fun, too. Yeah, Great that's time. what made it but fun, But yeah, to, to, get, to finish out this level, uh, basically from there, you go on throughout different corridors. There's no jackals in this level, which I always think is so interesting. It's j- And there's no there's no hunters either, so you have just elites and grunts. That's it. No, they really um, spoon-feed you the enemies in that one. Yeah, which is great because that makes it keeps it fresh. Uh, but you go through the level, uh, and, and you pick up overshields. You take out enemies. There's there's a cool little area where you have, like, multi-floors. I thought that was inter- oh, interesting. Oh, that was a good part. Yeah, good yeah, counter like, section. Enemies at the top. The one at the end where there's like you when you're getting close to the escape pods and you come across like a barricade and there's yeah. loaded with frags. I yep. stand behind that chuck, chuck, in chuck. every playthrough, just chucking them. At yeah, them. great stuff. It's great stuff. Yeah. So you basically you get off of the um, of the pillar of autumn and it does another good thing for helping build the character of chief. And now oh. I'm in agreement. Oh, what, what's that, Josh? I was going to say, remember that part of the corridors where you go in those little doors and you have to turn your yeah. flashlight on? God, I always get lost in there every time. Oh, yeah. It's it's very easy to get lost. And you always run into a grunt. And it's like, oh! <laughs> Smack him across the face. Um, Continue. But obviously, we you know anybody who's like really familiar with Halo will know that Bungie intended for Master Chief just to be a vessel for the character. And I definitely think that's what they were going for here. But you can see a little bit of the, of the type of character Master Chief is in this first mission because... You know, at the very end of this mission, he throws a Marine into the pod who's having trouble getting in there. Get in there. And then uh, the, the escape pod takes off and, you know, he pats the Marine on the shoulder. He's like, everything's going to be okay, even though my body's going to go all over the place and kill you all. My body's going to uh, survive. But, uh, but he, he reassures dad. the Marine. Um, and it's it's funny. We see this <laughs> shot of of the, the Bumblebee pod leaving and the camera kind of pans around and it looks like the Pillar of Autumn is... It's quickly moving and crashing. But me and Josh said this in the podcast before. Joe Staten said there was no way to get the Pillar of Autumn to move. So all he did was pan the camera side to side to make it look like the Pillar of Autumn was moving. It's actually standing in one spot the entire cutscene and everything. Yeah, make it sound um, like it's Jabba the Hut. It couldn't yeah, get it to move. Couldn't get to move. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it's funny too because it just like when you do land on Halo and it, it's like you have that fade in from like white or whatever. It's so yeah. funny because it's like, yeah, we're not going to show that your body pretty much crushed everyone on impact. Oh yeah, and died. It's hilarious because he he puts the hand on him and there's there you know you can almost wonder did Chief just just know that they're probably going to die on that crash? I'm sure he didn't, but there's a part of me that like thinks that Chief is just like it's going to be okay. But internally, you know, he's, it's like a, if you've any of you guys ever seen Arrested Development, as soon as he does that, you hear Ron Howard go, it wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you get into the second mission, and obviously this is one of the most iconic missions in Halo because this was back at a time where games mostly had you go through inside corridors. And suddenly, second mission, because the first mission pretty much gets you familiar with the traditional FPS. You're going through corridors. That's all the first mission is. Second mission, it's like... Boom, you're on this foreign alien planet. You don't know what's going on, and there's no corridors. And it seems as if you can go literally anywhere. I mean, back in 2001, this felt like you were on an open-world experience. Now, if you kind of zoom yourself out and you look down at the layout of the map, it's basically, you know, a few open areas with some marines and a couple tunnels, and that's pretty much the entirety of the level. But uh, I remember getting to this mission and just being, like, really surprised by how big it was. Because it's funny because... 
I played Halo 2 first, mm -hmm. but Halo 1 still had the effect on me that, wow, this is huge and I can go anywhere. Because Halo 2 didn't have many of those situations. Halo 2 was a much more linear game because they had to go in that direction to be able to handle all the new, you know, graphics and, and upgrades and mechanics to the engine. Yeah. Um, so you get on you get on the, the, the Halo ring and, um, you know, you can I think everyone can remember the waterfalls and the banshees that you try to snipe with the pistol. And oh, just going through that, that mission... Um, and Josh, you can definitely take us back to anything, but because we want to go through all the missions and, and not spend four hours. No, here, I can pretty much um, summarize my thoughts on each. You'll say basically, uh, you know, you spend this mission going through the Halo ring. There's you get to have little firefight kind of areas where like dropships come in. And you kind of it's kind of like a firefight. You hold out and take them out, and you save Marines here, you save Marines there. You get you get a Warthog for the first time, which is like just the the mind blowing fact that like this is a first person shooter, but driving a vehicle is as fun or more fun in this game as it is in driving games. So that was just like a mind-blowing experience. That's kind of the moment. Of course, it happened for me in Halo 2, but that was kind of the moment where I'm like, this game is the best thing I've ever played. Yeah, and you're not even hitting a... Like, there's no acceleration button. You just dry, you press forward, you know, and yeah. it just drives forward. I remember and that thinking was, that was weird. It was I mean, weird at the time. It was strangely weird. And I remember a lot of, like, hubbub about maybe them changing it for Halo 2. Not necessarily at Bungie, but just with fans, with people. Yeah. Like maybe they'll change that, but they didn't. And it's good they didn't. But I love that level. I mean, it's great. You know, I, I think Bungie said, you know, we're going to spoon feed you uh, what this game is in the first level and then check this shit out. And then they open up. They introduce you to Halo. And yeah, it felt like, like Brian said perfectly, felt like an open world experience for its time. And uh, it's kind of cool playing Halo Infinite now and kind of really getting that fully realized all these years later. But great level. I mean, it's fun right away. Brian mentioned the Banshees you get to take down. It's a great level for player agency. First-person shooters were typically still linear at the time. You didn't have a whole lot of like agency as to what you did. I mean, you, you know, you did in your options for weapons and stuff like that, but not in terms of how you navigated and what you know what you did. When those banshees fly over you, you don't have to shoot them. You can you know no. run run, in, run for cover basically and try to get in those creeks and valleys. You know, but everyone pretty much takes them out, and it's fun to when you start to realize how badass that pistol is. You don't realize yeah. it on the first level, really. It's because everyone wants to use the assault rifle, but yep. then you get to the second level and you're like, holy shit, this thing's a beast. Uh, very satisfying, but great level overall. Uh, I mean, it was great getting to kind of choose where I wanted to go, who yeah, I wanted to rescue first. Choice. And that was fun too, because that's really where the part of us that wants to always save Marines comes from because i i want you know they would start cheering me on there's yep. one part in one of those sections you get up to the sniper ledge and they were like talking and stuff like that and i just remember working with them working with johnson earlier in the level and trying to keep him alive and he can die in the game you know yep. which is crazy so it was always fun you know in, in legendary they never live i'm like fuck you guys like i know you're gonna die i love oh, you guys yeah. but you're not gonna make it but it, it, when it's <laughs> when it's normal or something you know or heroic even there's a chance they might survive, and it's fun to get them in the warthog and see what damage they can dish out, and see you know, get up so I can kill you again, and all the type of stuff they say. I love. I don't know if you remember Josh, but I think it's funny if if you get to an area to save Marines and they all die, then Fohammer says something like, "Oh, I guess you you didn't say you're all dead." Uh, you know, like basically, <laughs> yeah. there's nothing she can do there anymore yeah. because you've all died. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's the next like, level. That level is like the introduction of like caring about Marines. Like that's where we all got that in our DNA. Yeah. Um, moving on to the next level, uh, Truth and Reconciliation. Reconcile again, these nuts in your mouth, Brian. Oh, uh, you were waiting for that one, weren't was, you? No. <laughs> yes, you were. I could see that on your face. You no, it actually just came to me. I was like, that's good. I, I, I felt that one as I went. 
It was good. Hit, hit me up with the sound. Uh, Brian always uh, gets, tries to get me back right away with that. Hit me up with the you know, sound. He said it earlier, people, that I didn't I didn't do a... When Brian got I'll me with the these nuts, I was like, Brian, Josh, hit me up with the sound. Go ahead, though. Josh Brian. is like, I have the high ground right now. Hashtag the, the high ground. <laughs> yeah. oh, I um, love an Obi-Wan. Go ahead, Brian. Um, hit, hit me but, up. What am I, I going to hit you up with the sound of? Uh, hit me up with the sound of Grunt is about to fall off the edge of the Halo ring, but just as he's about to fall, an elite grabs him by his grunty nuts and brings him back up. I'm gonna fall off this cliff. I'm so scared. Oh, Jesus, oh, you got me right in my, right in my sacky brain grapes. Right down in my ball. Oh, man, I got nothing for that, man. Sacky brain grapes. Sacky that was, brain grapes. That's I the name of the episode. Grunt was also like... Elton John or something. I don't know what pop singer you I'm were. I'm very flattered that you think I sound like Elton John. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Moms love Elton King? John. What's the Lion King song? What's the one? Um, oh, shit, man. Akuna Matata? No, not that one. So, so it's like, as just as the grunt's falling, the grunt's like, it's the circle of life. <laughs> uh, no, I say, do this. No, I say, either. Man, I don't know all the names of this, that soundtrack or songs. I don't know those songs, but damn, that's yeah, man. People listen like get back to Halo. I guys. would love, I'd love hearing some grunt sing though. I remember there was some chitter chatter. There was one grunt in Halo Five, I think, is that was like sitting on top of rock or something and like just talking or something. Yeah. That shit was so funny to me, man. Oh, I love like, that's one of the things I love about Infinite is how it makes the grunts just hilarious. I love them so. I know, I know. It's Our, funny though. And I, this is I'm really getting off topic, Josh, but I remember saying to you once. Before we knew much about Infinite, like we'd just seen that the, the brutes can throw grunts. Yeah. I remember saying to you on the podcast, wouldn't it be amazing if we get to this like snow area of the campaign and brutes literally reach their hand down in the snow and pull a grunt out of the snow and chuck it at us? Oh, that'd be great. And then, and then I like, come to find out like there's not even going to be different biomes in the game. And I'm not saying this to be a dick. I'm just like, no, yeah. it's crazy how we thought that. And it's like, no, it's it, there's never even going to be snow. I don't even remember having the grunts. As much as I love that campaign, I don't remember having the grunts be thrown at me as much as... It never. I never remember it happening to me once, but I've seen clips of people playing and it does happen. I think so it's just I, one of those things, if it does happen, you don't really know it. It must be really random. Of it. Yeah. It's yeah. one of those things you notice when other people are playing, but you don't when you're playing. But yeah. Anyway, yeah, back to it. I mean... Uh, I love the grunts in that game. <laughs> I love the grunts in that game. But take us, yeah, mention, tell truth, us about the level. Truth and Reconciliation does another good, great job of mixing it up because the first mission you have you straight up topic. linear <laughs> mission and then second level Halo, you have this open world kind of go where you want. Yeah, It feels open world anyways. And you get to the third mission, Truth and Reconciliation, everything's really dark. You're equipped with the sniper and this is like one of maybe two or three times the series kind of flirts with being stealthy but it never really commits to it ever. Um, you you have uh, you know night vision with your sniper, and you're able to go to this first encounter with all the enemies, and you're able to take them all out without them ever knowing you're there, which really isn't a thing for most of the rest of the series. I think a lot of us try it, but a lot of us probably just end up screwing yep. up and going. I always go to stealth, and then when like one of the grunts is like, ah, you're being attacked or whatever, I'm like, oh, like, screw well, it. Oh well. And then I immediately whip out my assault rifle, jump down, and just you know remember me, yeah. son of a bitch. Oh man, yep. I love it. So it's, it's a great- I mean, this is another another great level. You go all the way through this, fighting different enemies. You're outside. You can see the Halo ring, or like you know, part of the Halo ring. This is quite a long level. Distance. What's that? This is quite a long level. Too. Well, it's quite a long level, yeah, because because the you know kind of the big shift here is that you get halfway through the level. And you get to actually ride. You, you meet hunters for your first time, which is Ooh. back when it happened. I'm sure I, I met hunters for the first time in Halo Two, but you know, I'm sure for most people, when you saw these two big hunters who yeah. can move quick and shoot these big bolts and have shields come down, it probably was like, "Holy, this is scary!" It's There's a cheek shit. splitting moment for sure. It, it is, moment. yeah, because you hop on the like you play, you try to play on legendary or something. You hop on the turrets, 
damn, you're going to get iced so fast, you know? Like, yeah. It's, it's kind of easy, you know, like, when I was, okay, when I played through the campaign the first time, did not know the pistol trick, just shooting them in the back, basically. Yeah. Didn't know that. No. So, I mean, I was trying to use everything that the game threw at me and gave me options to use, but it took forever to bring them down, and playing it on Legendary, that was definitely one of my toughest moments, because I was like, man, I, I just, I got to take them down, but damn, it's... It was I, did, I was out of pistol ammo and everything. Everything useful at the time I was out of. So I was really having to scrounge and stuff. But love that combat encounter for it. Yeah. Um, but so, so you get this cool... You, know, you already had the cool moment of being introduced to this new alien species, these hunters. But then as soon as you kill them, you get to go up the grab lift. There's this cool little cutscene where the Marines are like, whoa. You know, they're kind of freaking out like, how does this work? And then, you know, provided you have Marines, sometimes, you know... Actually, no, I think, yeah, right before the cutscene, they drop off more Marines to make sure they're there for the cutscene. But uh, so you get up to the top of the ship and it's like dead quiet. You don't hear anything. It's you and some Marines. And then you suddenly hear like that sound like a boom, boom, boom. Like the door opens and you see just this floating blue sword like thing running towards you. So scary. It's like the sudden realization that there is an enemy running at you that you can't see. And they're equipped with a melee weapon, which you were unfamiliar with at this point. So another amazing moment of just like. Holy shit, what's happening? And I guarantee everyone who ever played this game, they died here to a sword elite at least once before getting their bearings and moving forward. That's what was so great about that game is like it found a way. I mean, some of the other Halos did it as well, but it found a way to keep introducing new elements yeah. of the Covenant to keep you wondering like, Jesus, how how much, you know, how deep does it go? How yeah. deep, how much is how there to the, the Covenant? Hole. Yeah. And you get those elites like when they first came out with the with the swords, I was like, Jesus, you know, like, are, what is this? And then, yeah, you see, you kill them pretty easily. They're pretty weak. You just got to see them. But they're cutting off your dudes one by one as you're trying to locate them. It's a horrifying encounter in yeah. the t- in the sense of reality of it, but super cool moment. And I love the rest of that. Uh, it's just, it's great trying to get back off that ship and stuff. I And like you said, it, it's, it has a great shift in, in it that was a perfect word for it because it you think you're on ground the whole time and then yeah you fly up with a beautiful cutscene and uh you get to be on a covenant ship and get to see their aesthetic and i love i'm yeah. so nostalgic for that purple aesthetic and uh i love the walls it's something i i remember when you think about like core memories that, that really form nostalgia i just remember playing it my first time and constantly looking at the walls and stuff as i ran it just truly felt alien you know the whole game did yeah, you know, the Xbox itself did. We talked about that before on the twenty years of Xbox. I still remember a friend of mine saying that you could take the center X out and you could. It was a cup holder. I you remember you saying that. That's I was crazy. like, what? People what? who tried that, and they're like, oh shit, my Xbox is ruined now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know, guys, we're not we're not going systematic through every level. So kind of just advancing through this level a bit, you get to that room that becomes iconic for several reasons. The one that it'll eventually have keys. Uh, you know, mutated big, body, thick and it, juicy, a big old big, thick and juicy. He's like, oh yeah, it's like from, it's like, is it from Wendy's or Burger King? What do you think, Josh? <laughs> man, that's the Angus beef burger from Hardee's, Ooh. man. <laughs> Ooh, from Hardee's, that's a big one. Got that two thirds pounds. Oh man, with the lettuce, tomato, and cheese. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, yeah, but so you get to this room and you go a little bit further and you eventually get to Captain Keys, who's being held prisoner. You let him out. And it's funny, I I know we've heard some of the developers talk about over the years how they don't like this part because there was supposed to be like an actual mission or longer cutscene or a combination of both where they they properly unveil Halo, but they weren't able to do it. So basically you just have Captain Keys 
in a cutscene, be like, oh, yeah, I was in the prison cell, and I heard him talking about this uh, this thing that the entire game will be based on here going forward. It's called Halo. <laughs> it's an Master expositional Chief, dump. It's a yeah, and the Master Chief kind of looks up, and you hear Cortana in her head. She's like, Halo, okay, and she like kind of looks into it. Um, and then basically you get to this, this now you're at this ending segment of the game, of, the, of this mission, that uh, I think we're all glad did not return. Um, feel free to leave a message if uh, you did like this, because I've never heard anybody did. But you now have to escort Captain Keys, and if he takes barely any damage at all, he dies restarting your mission. On so, Legendary? Oof. Oh, it's bad. You just see him fall down. It's just, it's just it a montage. It plays that music, that haunting music. It's like, <laughs> yeah. know, I'm sorry for your ears, guys. No, no, no. Really no. Loud, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, that really just sucked on Legendary. I hated that. I was like, fuck yeah, the keys. Bad, so. I don't need you. They don't need yeah. you. I got you. But actually I got you do, me. because he knows how to fly Covenant ship, so that's how the mission ends. He gets yeah. that Covenant ship. He gets out of there. <laughs> thank so thank then you, he gets, gets out of there, takes thank off. You. And then, you know what's kind of interesting, Josh? And maybe I'm having a lapse of memory here, but that mission ends with you guys taking off in the Covenant ship. Yes. The next mission immediately begins with you on a Pelican. Time jump. Approaching the silent cartographer. There's actually no... There's really no story connecting those two events, right? And it's um, I worked for Bungie, and there was a cut <laughs> level there that we intended to have transitioning you. Well, isn't it funny how, like, today with how pessimistic we all are, I feel like if that, you know, a game like that came out today, we'd be like, what even happened between Mission 3 and 4? Just one second they're escaping a Covenant vehicle, and the next second they're on a Pelican on this beach. You know, like, we, we can generally assume that, you know, Okay, the Covenant ship probably landed somewhere safe, and then they rendezvoused with a uh, hammer or whatever, and they get a Pelican, and then they take off to this new area that has the Silent Cartographer on it. That's probably what happened. But anyway, so we get to this next mission, Silent Cartographer, which is, for many, either top three or the best mission in all of Halo. It's definitely one of my tops, um, because you get to land on that beach... And you kind of have this small moment of like storming the beach with other Marines, taking on Covenant. The music's swelling, it's playing. You know, it's just, it's amazing feeling. You know, when, I, when I play Halo 4 and you hear that, uh, any good at clearing LZs? On occasion. I yeah. think of moments. I think back to moments, oh, you know. Very nice. From Combat Evolved like that. Very nice. There, yeah. Classic, classic. Um, yeah, so then you, you get, you clear the beach with your Marines and then Fohammer comes back, drops off a Warthog. And this mission, in a different way, kind of throws back to the Halo mission where you get some agency of how you approach it. You can technically, I've done it before just to try it out. I don't like doing it because it's not as fun, but the second you get off the Pelican at the beginning of this mission, you can run left and not storm the beach with the Marines. You can just run left and go that way. Who wants to do and, it? And do everything. It's not as much fun, but you know the whole island is kind of a big circle, and you can approach things in different order, but you get your warthog. It's circle of life. It happens on the silent cartographer. <laughs> it doesn't really work. It doesn't work at hey, all. Yeah, I loved it anyway. Um... And, you're, and it's like Warthog, Pumbaa, you know, everything's coming together here. It's coming together. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so... Halo, throughout this circle mission, of life. It's, uh, this mission provides a great mixture of, like, outdoor Halo environments, like the beach and the, and the water and stuff like that. And then you also get to go indoor and you descend down into the ring. Because you, you, this is kind of where you discover that the ring doesn't only have the surface, right? Like, it's got this huge interior that the, the, the layer of ring is made of. And you, you go deeper and you get down there and... It's, I think you go down there and you get a switch first. Yeah, you, you turn a switch on, which makes it so that one door with the energy sword elite behind it opens. And you come back up, kind of backtrack a little bit. You know, as we go through this, everyone knows Bungie very much loves their backtracking. Um, you get up there and you get to this door that was locked before inside this forerunner structure. And it's funny, if you go out through that door and you go right, 
there's an optional cutscene there. How many optional cutscenes do you know of in Halo? I, there might be more, but to me, this is the only one that comes to my mind. If you go right, Chief like looks at the open for, forerunner chasm, and then he like kicks a rock. Yeah. Or I don't think it's a. It might be a. It might be a marine helmet or something in the. I think anniversary like makes. Let's it just more clear, pretend it's sure. a grenade. <laughs> Let's just pretend Boom. it's a marine's head. I'm kidding. That's, that's pretty Ouch. Dark. Ouch. But he kicks it off, and it's just it's just basically like a cutscene to just kind of show the atmosphere of the environment. But if you go left, you never get that cutscene. It's just optional. So you go left, and that's where you start to descend down the um, the the inside of the, the Halo ring. And it's funny if you guys. I'm going to pitch this at the end properly, but. Way back when Josh and I uh, we recorded our entire playthrough of Halo Combat Evolved, our faces aren't there, but it's us playing co-op with our voices together through the entire campaign. You can find that on YouTube. But the funniest part of the entire playthrough was on this mission. We got the Warthog all the way in here, down to where you start spiraling down the ring, and we just couldn't get we just couldn't get it to fit. And and I was tired, and I we were both laughing hysterically. It's great fun. You'll because, have to check it out. Right? You kept seeing my Spartan. Like, for whatever reason, my Spartan would jiggle in the oh, driver's seat. Oh, and then Josh would <laughs> make that sound. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I was dying. Was I was I've, One of the hardest times I've ever laughed. But it's great stuff. Um, so you get to the bottom of uh, of the Halo ring there. And we find, what, what happened? We get down there and we find out more about the soccer time. I'm kind of like, it's funny. I play this all the time, but I'm like, what are the story details? It all blurs happen? together. No, I don't. I mean, I can't yeah. specifically remember too, but. But we, we find out about the sign cartographer and how it's inside the structure because the mission will end up ending with you getting back in the Pelican. And then there's that, I don't know if you remember, Josh, in the center of the ring of this level, there's where you fight the two hunters and there's that big structure in the middle and that ends up like opening up and it's like a cap. And then the pelican lowers into it to go further in the structure. And then that's how the next level, Assault in the Control Room, begins. Which is funny because that mission begins inside the ring, but you go outside and you come out into a snow level. Which makes sense because it's the Halo ring, but any other thoughts you want to say on Sonic? Yeah, it's just mindfuckery. Uh, I never understood what was happening when the ship, when the pelican's Same. lowering. I was like, what are you doing? And then, yeah, suddenly like I'm, I'm in some interior. I was like, what just happened? But... Uh, I was too immersed to care. Uh, it's a great level, and I think it's uh, credit to Bungie for the different biomes that they had. You know, because you're coming off, you're in the interior of a ship for the first level. You are in a forest-like landscape in the second, and the third one, you're in a mountainous, rocky, arid place. And then you go into a Covenant alien ship, and then in the next one, you're on a beach, and it's just great. And it really, all that stuff. I mean, the next level we're getting to is snowy, so. All of that is why I never really have an issue with the latter half of the campaign being like remixed levels, you know, of, of what we because they delivered played. so heavy in the beginning. Yeah, the, because there's so much variation. I could have played an entire campaign like Infinite that's just on, you know, in a mountain in a though, foresty yeah. area. So the fact that they gave us so many different biomes so quickly, um, it kept that dopamine rush of like. Just feeling like there was just so much new around the bends, and you can't, you know, it was uh, that 30 seconds of fun, and those 30 seconds go into another 30 seconds, go into another 30 seconds, and you want to keep seeing what's around the corner, what enemies might be there, what new encounters, because the game had a way of constantly, up until about the twist happens, uh, it, it had a way of introducing new stuff. It, uh, you know, like in some games, you kind of already get and know what to expect within the first like hour or two, you know, for the rest of the game. But in this one, they were throwing enough stuff at you. Enemies, you know, um, different weapons, different levels, you know, vehicles. Uh, vehicles. Yeah, I mean, everything was being thrown at you, and it just made it 
made it exciting because you, you didn't know what was coming. So I love that level so much because it sets the tone for what's to come. That's the first level in Combat Evolved where I really feel like there's a creepy atmosphere to the game. And because up until that point, I thought my first time playing through, I'm just going to be killing Covenant. I didn't know how it was going to end, but I just thought I'm going to keep fighting these alien bad guys. But when he's kicking the rock in that cutscene, and you get a sense of scope for just the depth of that that ring and stuff and how how deep things go and mystery. stuff, there's a lot of mystery to it. And the music's quiet. And when you have those, uh, like when you're coming back out and you get those, uh, you know, you get the stealthy elites again that are camoed, uh, just scary atmosphere, scary atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, it, was, it was chilling. Definitely. And to go on my soapbox for a bit, you know, I see a lot of people talking about how disappointed they were that Halo Infinite only really had one biome. And, you know, this is just how I look at it. My preference is is classic style mission structure Halo campaigns with different environments. Even Halo 4 and 5 style, which is the same as Bungie style, but I'm just saying because those are games that are usually not as loved as the Bungie ones. I like that style of mission after mission, new environments. I do prefer that. But what's so great about Infinite is it, it does, like the original like promise of that game was, what if it was the Halo mission from Combat Evolved, but a full game taking place there with its huge in scope? And that's what we got. And as, as that is like an idea, they completely accomplished that. And for me, when I look at Infinite, I choose to look at it like this is, an aw- this is another awesome Halo experience I get to have that delivers on its premise that... That is more than if I didn't have it. You know what I mean? So I'm so grateful here, that we got that. I see here and go. I wish I had more biomes, but like the pre- like the premise of Halo Infinite was fulfilled, and it's its own thing, no. and it's great, and I love it, and I can still go back to those older games. Yeah, exactly. It's like we said off air. It's so it's so cool the fact that we got a whole game of that because you know what? If I want the different biomes, I got all the other Halos. There's so many Halos now that I can yep. go and experience all that stuff. So the fact that they took one that was such an iconic moment and experience, and they just made a whole game kind of out of that. That's yeah. awesome, and I'm grateful that we have that experience, regardless of what future content comes. It's great. But yeah, go ahead. Take us ahead, Brian. Absolutely. Yeah, so going on to Assault on the Control Room, and Josh kind of already touched on this quite a bit. Um, but Assault on the Control Room, that's kind of where like this whole campaign has been like a very steady incline in like interest and quality and fun. And, it, and Assault on the Control Room is where it reaches its absolute peak, the highest moment in in some ways, like, I feel like I'm being objective saying that. Like, obviously, you don't have, people don't have to agree with me, but I feel like it's clearly the way the campaign is structured is like it's building, 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 and like the height of this, like, this regular progression and action, it comes to its peak at the end of Assault in the Control Room. Um, and I'll, I'll come back to that a little bit more in a second. But basically, Assault in the Control Room, you get a lot of great snowy environments. You get to be on these. These, these top bridges that have like breakable glass with the second layer below it. You get to have banshees in the air. You get to see wraiths, not for the first time, because you do see the wraith in Truth and Reconciliation, but for the first time, the wraith is actually moving and being used and fighting. You get to see wraiths. There's lots of <laughs> and open areas. And it's a scary sight to see. Yeah, vehicles, banshees. Um, I'd say the biggest criticism I have with this level is that the interior environments are so repeated, copy-pasted, that especially in the original, because Anniversary did make it a little easier with some directional cues, um, it's so easy to get lost in those inside of the structures because it's literally the same room copy-pasted all over the place. So sometimes you'll be like going around, going around, and you go out the door and you're like, wait a minute, wasn't I just here? Yeah, you are because you went backwards and you didn't really realize it. So that's kind of an annoying thing. Mm. But you get to the end of this mission and it ends up with you getting to um, the literal control room. You walk into this big 
room with this huge like hologram of Halo and the control panel up there. And this is where you pop Cortana in and Cortana. This is where Josh and I were both scared as kids because we thought she was going bad or something because she's because you put her in. You saw her purple prior, but now you put her into the control panel and she's like greenish yellow purple and she's huge. She's like, you know, six times the size of Chief. And she's like and then she starts to freak out because she finds out what the ring's for, what the flood are. She realizes that Captain Keys is in huge danger, so she freaks out, and she's just like... Because the thing is, you get you to imagine, like, Cortana can process, like, all the information of a human will ever experience in, like, seconds, almost. So she's experienced... She's basically, like, learned all this and came to her conclusions in, like, freaking seconds. So she's just like, Chief, get out of here. You gotta go. Like, it's already too late. Go. And she's like, what What am I supposed to... And she's like, get out of here. He's like, ah, okay, fine. And he just starts running, and that's the end of the mission. Um... But see, that's what I'm saying. Like the story, the di- like the story, the action, the the different set pieces, all of it was just building, 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 ramping up to this exact moment. Yeah. And I think once we get to this moment, the end of Assault in the Control Room and that cutscene, this is where purposely it kind of goes downhill. And I'm not saying downhill as in the game gets worse necessarily. I'm not saying downhill as in it's a negative thing. I'm saying the the story structure. You know, if you, if you look at like a, a typical story structure, you have like your climax, right? Well, this is kind of where the climax comes in, and then things start to descend into what plays out for the rest to of the game. So, so before we go into Josh's favorite level, 343 Guilty Spark, do you have any more you want to say about the Sultan Control Room, Josh? Yes. Uh, real quick, yeah, I, I love the snowy terrain, and uh, it's it really makes it feel like an all-out war just in how spacious it is yeah, when you have the raid shooting. Uh, it's so scary, too. That's one of the most anxiety-inducing levels just because you're, when you're playing in co-op with a friend and you're trying to flip a warthog and you're like, come on, come on, come on! The Wraith is shooting at us! Let's yeah. go! Go, 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 go! And then it blows you guys up and you're like, god damn it! And then you got to reset. It's a, it's just a lot of great fun. That's a great co-op level. And uh, if you're playing by yourself on Legendary, man, I was trekking. I was doing a lot of trekking on foot. Oh, yeah. Whew. Doggy, that was, that was tough. But... Real fun level, and like Brian said, uh, really crescends, and that's the way I think objectively Halo is. Is I think uh, you get up to this level, and that's where it kind of peaks. Three, four, three, guilty spark is where the game levels out, and then everything after is a downhill slide. Not yep. downhill in quality, like Brian said, but it's literally like you're you're literally sliding down a hill. Like it just hits turbo, and you just yep. you know you just go 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 uh, because the twist is revealed, and uh, as we're about to get into, and everything just goes crazy, and you're just trying to escape and survive. So take yeah. it ahead. So it's almost like you know, and I mean, somebody like someone might make the personal opinion that the game isn't as good after this, but I think it's less about the quality of the game going down because I don't think it does at all here. I think the game radically shifts; it radically changes. Well, it totally does for sure, in the and, and that's part of what made it such an iconic game is because. Rather than just be confident in the great game they've built up to this point and play it out for another four missions with no change, they're like, no, we're going to flip everything on its head and we're going to make you like question everything. And I think that's what made it so special. But it obviously could have uh, upset some people uh, as well. But anyway, so you get to 343 Guilty Spark. Uh, kind of does the same thing again here. We're not really given context between the missions. Chief's running out of the control room, and then immediately he's on a pelican with other Marines being dropped off. Wait, no, there's no other... Is there, no, there's not. There's no other Marines. My bad. I made that part up. But he's immediately in a Pelican being dropped off in a swamp. And it's like, okay, how far did Chief have to run to get to that Pelican? And <laughs> how did he get there? And how far away is this? How much time is Full Hammer is always nearby. She's never yeah, far really away. Yeah, Full Hammer is a great character. Crazy. Clutch girl. Clutch girl. <laughs> uh, but you get to this uh, swamp and immediately 
you know that something's different because it's playing this weird kind of, you know, this weird music that's kind of off-putting. And oh, everything's, yeah. Everything's dark and kind of yes. mysterious. There's like a downed pelican. Yes. There's, there's like corpses of, 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 of aliens. Yes. Um, and you just start to, you're just like, okay, this is a little weird. You, you kill some enemies and you come up on this structure, the forerunner structure to go inside and you're, you're already like off put, like what's going on. And, you know, as you descend down this, these elevators in this foreigner place, you're killing some enemies and, but you're discovering things are already dead. Things are running away. Like, like Covenant are running away from places. There's I'm a, running away. Um, it's, it's, it's cool how like the storytelling was done. By just the environment, like you get to, like you remember that part where there's like a whole bunch of needles all over the ground, like needler needles. Oh yeah, and you're just like, oh, this is weird, and there's just all this environmental storytelling, and and Perfectly you finally get said. to this, yeah, you finally get to this point where um, you get to this door that you can't open, and it immediately takes you to this flashback. Or wait, does it? No, it doesn't. No, that's right. You get the door open, you manage to get the door open, you get in, then the flashback comes, because you play Jenkins. Um, you know, neural chip, mm-hmm. and this is one of the coolest cutscenes in the whole game, in my opinion. Uh, you get like these marines through through the view sight of Jenkins. You get these marines on a pelican that's flying, and Sergeant Johnson's, you know, telling them, you know, this music's your history because the marines were chastising the music. I it's love playing it. this generic rock. I wish it was Rihanna. I was supposed to be a real artist, but they couldn't get the rights. I guess so they made Shame. that up. Shame. Yeah, so it was just like. So like it just goes to the flashback, Josh and Sergeant, and you just hear on the Pelican. Let me see me work, 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 work. Let me see me And then she's like, Sergeant Josh's like, "This is your history." Hell yeah, man! I love that song. Oh, like this is this is how you this is how you became this is how you were born. You know, one day your mom was like, "That's great hearing you sing that." That's 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 hilarious. Actually, you know what? I don't know why I like that song. Dude, I fucking love that song. So much. That's one of my favorite songs. Um, but anyway, so and then it, you know, the it keeps Chief keeps Better. you know fast forwarding through this clip. Yeah. You get to see them go in the structure. They see that an elite's already dead, and it looks like something's killed them in a really screwed up way. It Damn! Like it was. Doesn't look like it was killed by. Up. Yeah, it does not look like it was killed by a human. It looks like it was killed by something else. And then it fast forwards again, and you see uh, the first you know, <laughs> the first flood spore come out. What's oh, up, I just Josh? imagine a Disney-fied version of Goofy walking in there, and he's just taking... Like, when you see that one room where there's <laughs> blood in there, and he's like, what the fuck is going on around here? <laughs> I mean, that actually really resonates with me, because I'm playing Kingdom Hearts right now. It's like he goes in there, and he sees like all these dead dead aliens, and he's like, gorge, looks like something fucked <laughs> up. <laughs> someone got fucked up. Uh, but yes, yeah, so you see the first flood spore, and as a player and... These Marines and you know Sergeant Johnson and Captain Keys all at the same time, you're all unanimously like, "What the heck is that? That's yeah, not yeah. what is this thing?" And it, it's taking over moment. this guy. Um, a bunch more get released. People start shooting. Jenkins freaks out, you know. And then <laughs> I like how they got some on their like body, and some of them are still standing there shooting. You know what I mean? Like they get them on their body, and they're acting like they're physically not affected. Yeah. It's just I'll the animation. Spray it off later with some <laughs> yeah, yeah, gone. Lack of animation um, at the time. But yeah, basically, so this scene ends, and you know, with it says that it says that you know Jenkins has been killed in action on his recording, mm-hmm. and then it flashes K-I-D. back to Chief, who is on his knees, like listening to this or like viewing this, and then he kind of shakes his head, oh, like, sad, sad at what's happened, and he puts the chip down, and suddenly it puts you back into gameplay, and this is where the room you're in, they start releasing flood spores on you, and at first you're like. You're kind of creeped out. You're scared, and you're like, "What the heck's this?" But there's just little, these just little spores, and you're like, "Okay." You're shooting them. They're blowing up like popcorn. And you're like, 
okay, I'm scared, but like, this is fine. And then suddenly the last door breaks and you get like these mutated human flood and covenant flood come through and start attacking you. And they're just, they're just running up to you. You can tell they have no regard for their lives because as you've played this game, the AI has shown you that not only the grunts, but the elites, the jackals, they care about their lives, right? They're dodging, they're hiding behind things. They want to live, but the flood are just one goal. It's like the programming in the code is run towards player. Run towards Consume. player. Consume. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then suddenly you're like, not only are you scared, and as a kid, for most of us, some of you are so scared, you probably couldn't even play anymore, but you're scared shitless. And suddenly you're like, okay, and this is what's perfect. The game doesn't even have to tell you to get the hell out of there. You want to get the hell out of there. You were like, holy, I'm so scared. <laughs> so immediately you're like, you're running for the door, and you're trying to get like through all these confusing... <laughs> You're trying to get through these confusing hallways. You're trying to get out of there, and you're trying to get to the elevator, and you're getting lost, and you're getting confused, and there's flood everywhere, and you're scared, and you're just like, I mean, I it's go just home. a perfect job. Yeah, perfect job. <laughs> you want to go home. You want to get out of there. And you suddenly, you, you finally, finally after forever, if you're like me when you first played this a few times, I get lost so much. I felt like I spent an hour down there. And I tried to do that thing that I've seen so many Halo fans say they've done. I don't know if you've done it, Josh, but you get to that hollow bridge that just flashes on and off over again. It'll turn on and off. And you get lost in there, so you start to think the only way to get out of here is for me to perfectly time my jumps the entire <laughs> way across time, this yeah. this hollow bridge to get out of there. And you spend forever, keep failing, and you finally forever. get across, and you realize that getting to the other side is not what you're. That's not where you're supposed to go. It's not the so goal. It's pointless. No. Um, but you get up to the top, you reunite with some Marines, and you start running out into the open swamp. There's flood everywhere. You see Sentinels starting to kill the flood, and and this is where you know. Once you kind of get to the the center of the swamp and you've killed enough guys, you see three four three guilty spark, and it goes into a cutscene, and you meet him for the first time. You really don't know who he is, what Hello, he is. Chakas. You don't know if he's good, if he's bad, um, and he teleports you out of there. Mm -hmm. So that takes us to everyone's favorite mission, the library. Josh, what Ooh. do you think of three four three guilty spark? It's your favorite mission. In this it's game. a banger, dude. Because again, you get in a different biome. It's jungle. And I love jungles, my favorite terrain in any video game. So I just loved the atmosphere. But it's super quiet, like Brian said. And it's just building upon this tension. And you're like, what's happening? Tonally, the level's completely different. All the mystery that was building up in the previous two levels, this is where it blows its load. And you really get it from the get go. And as you're exploring, you know, you're getting those, you know, uh, I can't remember what you said, Brian, but you said it perfectly. But all these, like, sort of, uh, Narrative story storytelling? Yeah, yeah. Environmental storytelling uh, that, that you see with all the different weapons, the blood on the walls and stuff like that. Something happened here, you know, and you, but you don't know what. You're trying to piece it together. You get the cut scene that does, and that's when all hell breaks loose. And it's just a great moment because before Chief even has time to react to what he just saw, they're already, like, pouncing on you, and you have to try to survive. And it's a great a great way of going into the mouth of, you know, going into the belly of the beast and coming back out. And I just think it's really great for the whole experience because you're essentially, uh, you're ascending into hell and you're trying to come out of it alive. You know, it's like Dante's Inferno or some shit. It's just crazy how, how dark it gets, you know, from a tonal standpoint. And then you're, yeah. you know, trying to get out. It's just so much fun. I was I, scared, legitimately scared. I was creeped out by the, the flood, the little flood sacks. I was I mean, a little the, younger than you. So I was yeah. 13. I was in the dark basement playing the section at 13. I was scared. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely it was definitely creepy because you get some of them. I mean, you're fighting some of them, uh, when, especially when you get to the physical bodies. You know, the the, the ones that are modeled after like elites and, and shit and or and uh, marines. I'm sorry, but um, then you sometimes hear them behind you and you hear there, yeah. and it's just spine chilling. Yeah, it makes you feel how un you're never uncomfortable at ease. it is. You yeah, you're never on ease, and they sell the discomfort. 
that transcends the video game and makes you, you know, put your legs up. You know, if you're sitting on a desk, you put your you, you put your legs up because oh, yeah. you don't want them crawling in your and room. And you want to sit in a corner of your room so a flood you can can't see come in every you. direction, baby. Yeah. yeah, just like me when I googled alien autopsies way back. But uh, it's a great level. You know, it, it's just crazy fun. It, it feels like a short experience in a lot of ways because so much of it is just atmospheric. And then you finally have the the battle rush as you're trying to escape. It's that second half, and then you get to the uh, you get to the end, and you get you see these sentinels, and it's another example of introducing new elements to the story that leaves you with more questions than answers. And that's the beauty of this game. Even by the time we get to the end of it, is you know sometimes it's you know we always want to know the answers to things, but sometimes the beauty really is in the mystery of it all. And getting to see these sentinels show up in three four three, and you're suddenly transported, and you're like, "What is happening? What is going on you in this know. game?" You're like, "I'm I'm I'm now like." six seven eight hours into this game and i suddenly have no idea what's what's going on yeah and it's like can any, i mean if any of you guys you guys have to let us know if any of you guys' first experience playing this game was a level like that rather than like halo or or, oh, or wow. pillar of autumn i i would we would love to know what that wow. experience was what your perception was like of halo because that's completely different and uh it, it's just an amazing experience because what comes next is just even more <laughs> insane in many ways more than one so take us ahead yeah, so then you go into the library, which is renowned for being the worst level in this game, if not the worst level in Halo. I've really come and, around to loving it. And that's the, that's the what, that's a good point, because I was about to say that, Josh, that's what's so funny, is like, I have been someone over the years who has said, I enjoy the library, and I think it's it's hated way more than it should be. Like, to me, the, the library is a, a far better level than Cortana from Halo 3. Um, Cortana! I just, I just really uh, have come to like this level. I always enjoy playing it. But to be fair, if I go back to when I first played Halo Combat Evolved, just the first few times actually, I absolutely dreaded this level. And I remember my original Xbox broke and I had to, I got a free replacement because it, it broke, you know, soon enough. Damn, that'd be devastating. And, but the only, the only thing to do, like my parents didn't have money to buy me a memory card. So they were like, Oof. you either got to wait until we can get a memory card to get cuz I can't remember it was like the disc wouldn't play right so I could I could get my memory off the Xbox if I wanted before I got a new one but my parents were like if if you want to get your memory off of it you're going to have to you're going to have to wait to get a new Xbox which means I'm just not going to be able to play Xbox at all because my Xbox is broken cuz they didn't have money to buy me a memory card right then so they're like or you can get a new Xbox today you know take it back and we'll get you a new one it won't cost us anything but you're going to lose all your memory. And I had this really big internal conflict because I was like, I don't want to lose my Fable characters. I don't want to lose my Halo 1 and 2. Because on the original Xbox, if you lost your Halo 1 and 2 saves, you couldn't replay the missions. Like, if you lost all your data, you would have to start at the first missions again and play through it to get back there. And I, I kind of had a weird mentality as a kid where I'm like, I want to be able to play any mission at random, which I know you can do in MCC now. But back then, I was like, I want to be able to just play you know, the library if I want to, instead of having to go through. So I remember sure. telling, I remember making the decision. I was like, okay, I'm just going to get the new Xbox because I don't want to wait for the memory card. I don't want to wait for a new Xbox to get, to get delivered. Yeah, you yeah, delivered. That was, that was a little better. That was a little better. You're you pretty good. Um, so good. we went and got the new Xbox. I lost all my memory. And I told my brother, I'm like, I need you to help me co-op through this game as fast as possible so that we can have the so that we can have the level select back. I love the way you delivered that. So I need you. I need to help me. <laughs> Creighton, I need you. So basically, 
Creighton came in to the bedroom with me. That uh, sounds really weird. <laughs> my brother. No, it's funny the- though. You might you make me flash back to episode nine of the Halo show where he's like, Cortana, I'm gonna need you now. <laughs> like Creighton, I'm gonna need you now. And then a long pause yeah. to help me beat Combat Evolved as fast as possible. Yeah. Where it seems that all hope is lost. <laughs> oh. That's good. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, so Creighton came. So I told Creighton, come in my bedroom. I remember we both laid on my bed and set the TV up so that we could relax. And we, we put the game on easy mode. And we just, I was like, Creighton, here's the thing. This isn't about having fun. This isn't about, this isn't about anything other than completing this game as fast as possible so we put on easy mode like and it was this just is a job you're punching rush it was just <laughs> rushed to the end of the level yeah as quick as possible as we can get those levels unlocked you know so i end up having to do that but anyways it comes in the room and you sit on the bed and you're like knock knock you're on the clock let's get this yeah done now. you're clocked in buddy and i want we're going overtime <laughs> um but the reason I brought this up is because I remember, like, when I told him, like, we're going to do this, I remember dreading so bad the library. I was like, oh, my gosh, we're going to have to replay through this. Oh, I don't want to, mm. you know. But anyways, so going through the level properly. Basically, we can make this one pretty quick. Yep. The first the first hallway of this level is more or less what the entire rest of the entire mission is. It's the same hallway repeated ten different times with an elevator lift, constant flood, 343 Guilty Spark making these extremely weird claims that make no sense, which have been retrofitted over the years to make sense in lore. Amazing. One about- of the things that blew that opened my, my yes. mind's eye when Brian bought, brought me back into the Halo fold was one of those one of these stories. Yeah, he talks about your your combat skins and and how you you weren't prepared for the to protect yourself against the flood and all these different things that you want to listen to with subtitles. It's great. But basically it's just a it's just a series of ten levels. With 343 saying, hey, I got to leave and go do something, and you stay here, and you got to fight off hordes of flood. What an then, asshole, you know, too. What an go asshole. Up, you, yeah, he's a butthole. You, Everyone here shot him before. <laughs> I know I have. Um, but basically why this level is so frustrating is because it's just the same environment repeated over and over again. The level is like 45 minutes long mm-hmm. if you don't die, I feel like, and you're just fighting flood. There's no covenant. There's no marines. You feel so isolated and alone, which I think accomplished their goal here, um, but... He does end up helping you through for three guilty spark through this level. So you get to the end and you retrieve the sacred icon. Ooh, he said that. Die! The index from the library. You 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 uh, retrieve it, and this is where you know after you get through that mission, it immediately takes us to two betrayals, which is a repeat of assault in the control room, played backwards with new elements. It's darker. There's flood there. You get to fly the banshee, but. Before I go into two betrayals, Josh, you have any thoughts on the library? It's pretty much just cut, one it's simple cut and dry, but man, it is. Yes, uh, I love how claustrophobic it, it feels. I mean, it, it isn't super claustrophobic in that linearity in that uh, you know corridory way, but yeah, I mean, it does. You know, you just you're you're isolated, you're alone, you're trapped, and you have to rely on this little droid bot to get you through all these doors. And and when he wants to fuck off, he is most definitely going and to do that. He's your only semblance of having someone to like be with you and not be scared. And he's so robotic and cold. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't have Cortana at that point. And I was like, Oh wow. I really miss her now. You know, if I didn't like her before, I definitely did then my first time going through, but, uh, it was playing through on legendary. Actually guys just beat it on legendary. I don't know. Last year, I think it was now, but, um, I mean, Brian's done that time and again, but uh, when I did it, it was this level and having to go through it and having to really struggle where it really clicked for me of why I under like it helped me understand finally why people like to play these through on Legendary. I never I never got the concept of that type of stuff. Different story for a different time. 
but I I sat there. I kept dying by those fucking big ass thick flood sacks because I cannot stand <laughs> that Accurate. those fat dudes like when you throw that shit at them, like if you throw a grenade at them and you're like, huh, see you later, and then it goes flies over next. He to you. flies over next to you and then goes boom and he explodes i'm like my grenade should have just completely disintegrated all of you but no all it does is send you flying and you you know i get a field goal like how many times did we die by it like sucks we we thought we were in the clear we stood back we threw a grenade at the dude yeah. and then we end up dying because he blows up yeah and when you get in those little tiny corridors underneath some of the sections and then you do it and he you could see his little the little two legs just cocking just kicking just kicking yep. and i'm like you little fucker but i love that level because of that so what happened to me was i had to hit pause and i was like oh i don't normally do this in my games but I sat, I booted up Spotify, I threw on some like new disco tracks, and I like it kicked into gear, and I was just like, uh, like my mind's eye was opening up for Legendary, and I just was going through, just acing them with my shotgun and my pistol combo, and it was awesome, and it was that moment that I was like, I fucking love this level, I love where yeah. I'm at, I love it's how fun. much fun this campaign is, I'm having a blast. So, uh, further on that, to two betrayals. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, too, that I, I remember before Halo 2 came out, one of the biggest complaints was how much people hated the the rocket flood in this mission. Oh. Because unless you are, like, unless you've played this a thousand times like we have, every time you play, every time somebody plays through the library, they're going to turn a corner and get immediately one-shot killed yeah, by a rocket that was, launcher that was flood. Bad. So. By that point, I'd accepted that I was, like, already dying a lot, like, especially on the yeah. E section. Eh, oh, well. But... By that point, yeah, I was like, God damn. And you get to the last section, and I want it like where you just kind of run up and it just kind of goes into a cutscene. Well, I wanted to kill all of them, but they were kind of infinitely spawning. Yeah. So I was at that like point, it. at that point, I was like, I'm just going to go. But I, I had like, I had recorded like 20 clips of just me dying, and I was going to turn it into a montage, but I was just like, no, I hate yeah. this so much. I want to move on. Yeah. So basically, you get to two betrayals, and two betrayals, it's not the same mission as assault in the control room but it is using the same level with changes like i said the the changes are it's it's at night there's flood you're playing it backwards and you have the use of banshees which allows you to get to a few new areas and the name the is dope two betrayals the what's that two betrayals it's just a dope ass name oh oh it's a dope yeah it should be Imagine like, like should a be movie a poster game. with brian and i back to back with guns like straight up jean-claude van damme style and it just says <laughs> two betrayals at the top i love it someone yeah. make it yeah. Irish Phoenix, I need you to send from the ashes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so like, and the funny thing is, like, the new areas that open up with the Banshee that you couldn't go to before, they literally look exactly the same as all the other Forerunner areas in there, yeah. which makes this level so confusing as well. Sure. But you start out this level with a cutscene, and it's that great cutscene we all love of, you know, 343 Guilty Spark bringing Chief to the control panel to put in the sacred icon, to put in the index. Thank you, 343. And to. And to light the ring. Like, this is literally where Chief was about to light the ring and destroy all humanity, all life, all covenant, everything. But then, luckily, to 343's chagrin, um, Cortana appears from... Massive! Oh, no, you don't! The control panel. And she, like, blasts him back with some energy or something. She's like, you dumb motherfucker. And He's like, what? She's do like, you know you what that thing almost made you do? Yeah. And then Chief's like... Chill out. He's a friend. We went to bestie school together. You know? <laughs> we went like, got fat patties. Yeah, and she like, he ain't your friend. He's a dumbass, and so are you. <laughs> you know? And basically, she explains that um, this is meant to destroy the Flood's food, which is all life. He's and like, if you oh, had done this, shit, really? If, yeah, if you had done this, uh, everything would be gone. And now, well, here's what's so interesting, because Chief, after she talks enough, Chief's like, is it true? And 343's Guilty Spark's like, uh, of course, you and me went yeah. through all the, 
you and me went through all the standard protocols as we fought off this infection. Like, you should know this, you know. And then he goes on to have that iconic line where he's like, you know, and I'm going to probably missay it, but he's like, you know, uh, having considerable time to think of it and think about it. Uh, I, I've pondered your question. Would I light the rings? Yes, I would. And now that gets retrofitted, you know, now years later to, to go back to the forerunner trilogy of novels mm-hmm. and how three for three guilty spark is the AI that's based off of Chaka's memory and personality. And, but basically it, it, it paints a different, it, it paints a different picture because of, the Forerunner trilogy, but even if, even if you go back to 2001 and this is just Combat Evolved, we don't have any of the extended lore yet, it's still, what's happening here is it's kind of layered because 343 Guilty Spark isn't actually really completely a bad guy here because he thinks the Chief is Forerunner and he thinks the Chief has the knowledge of what's happened 100,000 years ago. He thinks he, he thinks Chief has knowledge of the rings and what's gone on because he believes Chief is a forerunner. So when Chief is like angry that they won't that that 343 Guilty Spark almost made him light the ring, um it it perplexes 343 Guilty Spark cuz he's like you're a forerunner, you created all this, you know what we're doing. The flood outbreak, we have to light the rings. That's the procedure. So Really, Guilty Spark wasn't being coy. He wasn't lying to Chief. He was doing his job as Follow he thought. protocol. Now, afterwards, once he refuses, you know, I think, I think, and it goes, we've gone to see in media later, you know, 100,000 years of being isolated. He's kind of went crazy. He's kind of went rampant himself. Cocoa Puffs. So then he does kind of become a villain, you know, from here on out as he now attacks you with his Sentinels and you take Cortana out and you now you got to get out of there, right? So then two betrayals. To gloss over this level a little bit quicker, it's the same. It's the same level as Assault in the Control Room, but with differences. And it involves you flying around in a banshee, going to a few new areas where there's like these energy pillars. Yeah. That the only way to override <laughs> them, Cortana comes up with this idea is to go stand next to these energy pillars, and she will override your suit and like make your suit energy like. O- basically override the core and bring you down to low health. Funny how, leads to a lot of deaths if you haven't killed all the enemies. I was gonna say, it's funny how much Bungie on that, that video commentary, how much they just like poked fun at that. It's so ridiculous of a concept. Yeah. It used to work. Um, but, so it's, it's basically, you know, it's basically the same mission, but darker, and you're fighting Flood, and you're flying a Banshee, and the mission ends with you, you know, destroying the last kind of energy pillar, mm-hmm. and then Cortana's like, oh, I have this idea how to get out of here. Uh, you know, 343 Guilty Spark had teleported you around the ring with this teleportation system that the ring has built in. Let me try it. And she tries it, and that leads us into the next mission, which is called Keys, which is a altered version of the mission Truth and Reconciliation from the beginning of the campaign. And when this cutscene starts, it starts with Chief warping in upside down, and falling on his head, and then Cortana being nice. like, oh, I, I see what I did wrong here. And he, he hits his helmet to kind of like, you know, hit Cortana yeah. for making a mistake. But but basically, she was trying to figure out how the teleportation system worked, and she had it just a little bit off. She got him to the right spot, but upside down. So that begins We're the, the mission upside keys. Um, Josh, you have anything else you want to say about two betrayals? No, I mean, you, you pretty much summarize it perfectly. It's it's a fun level, but one of the more challenging ones in le- uh, on Legendary, for sure. That one was, I, did dr- I, it, I did dread going through it a lot of times. <clears throat> yeah, that one did take me, especially the Banshee, Banshee section, was really tough with the checkpoints just because of that. Well, um, and dude, and the thing is, they could not have made it more confusing because Assault in the Control Room 
was already confusing for repeating the same the same like inside corridors. Yeah. But then when you get to two betrayals, it's the same repeated corridors, but you have to now go through them backwards. And they added two more that you can access by Banshee or three more maybe. But those look the same too. I mean, yeah. it's just I, I feel like I spent four hours in that mission one time in my life. I yeah, it's real. Te- it's weird. On in some ways, I really like it. But in other ways, it's like real daunting of a task to go yeah. into. That one, I actually think I dread more than the library because there's a bit more confusion to it. With the library, yeah. at least you just yep. have the sense of repetition of like, yeah, it's like, oh, same wall, rinse, rinse and repeat. But in that yeah. one, yeah, it's, it's, it's different, but still fun. Absolutely. So you get to keys and, you know, keys, like I said, it's a repeated it's a repeated level of, of uh, truth and reconciliation, but... There's enough here done at the beginning, at least the first 10 minutes of the mission, to make it feel quite different. Yeah. You spawn in, and, and this is this is something. If you guys want to see the revelation, you'll have to check out our playthrough on, on YouTube. But what we, me and Josh did not realize until, I think it was, oh, was it 2020 or 2021. It was a year or two ago when we put, we did this playthrough. I think two years. Yeah, I think so. Um, we didn't realize this. when you And I'm sure a lot of you listening, you probably know, you think we're silly, but we had no idea. When you spawn in here... Immediately to your right, if you look through the grates on the beginning of the mission keys, right there next to you is the mutated flood keys that you get to at the end of the mission. He is right there. So when Cortana teleported you, she teleported you right next to him, but on the other wall, and he's right there, and you can see it, and it's just crazy that because blew we never our knew minds. that. Yeah. Never knew that. <laughs> just so stared can't. at him. <laughs> it, was, it was insane. Yeah. But anyway, so you play... For about, I don't even know if it's a full 60 seconds, roughly a minute, you're on this ship, and then you get to a point where you can't go any further, and the only option is to either purposely jump down into this big green liquid pit, or to accidentally drop. I'm guessing most of us, including myself, when you first played, you went through the door and you immediately walked forward and you fell on accident. That's what I did. <laughs> future playthroughs, I, yeah, future playthroughs, I, I jumped down there, but you get down there, yeah. and... This whole area to me looks like a new area, but I'm pretty sure it is just truth and reconciliation with changes. Yep, I think but you're right. It's it's really it's outside, it's dark, there's flood everywhere, but you kind of have to go it's almost it's still kind of corridory even though it's outside. You have like you have to kind of go through these like cave wall corridors mm-hmm. and make your way back to the grav lift that takes you back into the ship you just fell out of. So that's probably roughly 10 minutes or so of gameplay, depending on how much you die on harder difficulties. It's awful because you have hunters and elites and flood, and there's they're all so close, and you can't get away from anything, and it's just things are blowing up, and it's awful. But you get to the grav lift, and you get back into the Covenant ship, and then this is where it feels very much like, I mean, it's a straight, it's literally the straight repeat of Truth and Reconciliation ship, except now there's flood, and you're trying to get to Keys, and... You go through this, you know, same area you've been through before, and you finally get to Keys, which you don't realize is Keys probably at first, but it's probably, I mean, it was shocking to me as a kid. I'm sure it was shocking to all of us. You get to it, and it's this giant, like, flood sack that has got, like, stems almost coming out of it, connected to the ceiling, and you see in the center of it is, like, this tortured face of Captain Keys, and... You basically find out that uh, you've already lost him to the flood. He's been mutated. He's Sorry. been absorbed into this proto grave mind, and but you have to have you have to have his um, his neural chip. So I'm gonna need that. Chief, being Sorry. the badass he does, he just straight up punches his fist right through uh, Captain Key's face and pulls out the neural chip. Um, and then from there, it's get back, take a banshee, 
And then we're off to our final mission of Halo, the Maw. Josh, you have anything more to say about keys? Pretty much just about that section. I mean, it's a fun level. It's It feels much more short, which is nice after the come down of, of how crazy Two Betrayals is. And uh, yeah, all, just all, the, the, the downhill slope that you're kind of going on in that way. But that moment is just so intense, especially when you see the anniversary cutscenes for that. Wow, was it just devastating. Uh, but man, it's just funny. It's just funny. You get up to that sack and I mean, I I don't know. I planned that my first time. I, I, I was, I wasn't, I was very naive. I thought I could still save him. I thought there was still some way to save him. And then Chief just puts his fist in there. They don't really show it, but you just hear that the squishiness. You see the hole afterwards. Yeah, and then you see the hole after it comes out of the cutscene, and you're like, "Well, I guess I did that. Sorry, Keys." And it's just yeah. over, <laughs> and he's dead. But uh, that that part's pretty sad because then it it really goes to solidify further, like all hope is lost. Because you know, a thing we kind of take for granted when we play the campaign that we don't realize is we start out on the Pillar of Autumn with all these Marines and keys and everything. Uh, but each level subsequently has less and less Marines, some of them not having them at all. And it's just really sad. And that's what I love about it tonally. It's just how it, it really is consistent in that way. But you don't know that when you're playing through it your first time because, you know, it just has a twist moment. So as you, you for the progress, you have, you're more and more alone and then when you really do that, that moment really, to me, just solidified all the more like, man, there's really nothing left. And then you get into the mall level that Brian's about to describe, and it's really just you and Cortana now. It feels like every, it feels like nobody survived, you know, unless you're Johnson, but <laughs> unless yeah. you're, but yeah, let's take us ahead. Yeah, um, I will say one way that the anniversary edition of Halo Combat Evolved really enhances the scene is if you're playing in anniversary graphics, or you could be playing in regular graphics and just quickly switch back you can access a terminal behind keys um, in this mission. And the terminal shows you this amazing scene that's just, I, when I first watched it, it was like perfection. And it just shows Chief like, or not Chief, I'm sorry, Command, Commander Keys having this mental internal struggle with the flood that's trying to take him over. And he's like, you're not going to take me over. You're not going to get my memories. And he remembers like his brief love affair with Dr. Halsey. He remembers Miranda. He remembers just life. And he keeps telling himself like his 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 like um, I don't know his commander number or whatever his 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 code number. And yep. He keeps telling himself his names. I'm Jacob Keys, Commander 0129. You know, makes up the you know I don't know what the number is, and he just keeps trying to Ugh, fight off man, the flood. So and the, sad. He's basically telling the flood like you're not going to get me. And then at the last moment of the scene, the flood goes. We already have. And then Commander Keys is gone. Yeah, it's fucking oh, dark. And that's the thing. You play that through your first time, dude. You're just taking everything in. There's that bungee charm that's there. Enough to really kind of like, like, if you're a real deep thinker, I guess, maybe your first time playing through, like, you're picking up everything. But me, I didn't. I was just running with the punches. Same. And it wasn't, you know, when Brian gets me back into the fold in 2014, we talked about time and again on the show. Um, and I go back and I'm replaying stuff through MCC and I'm getting to see that stuff, those cutscenes for the first time, I'm like, oh my God. Like it really recontextualizes just how dark that scene is and further solidified like, man, Halo is not all roses that I thought it was. <laughs> like, it, I mean, it is yeah. in my heart, but not in terms of the tone. So yeah. yeah pretty I great. say whenever we think about Combat Evolve, like whenever us as a community or Halo fans, I think whenever we think about Combat Evolve, like quickly as it passes through our brain, 
I don't think we think of these moments. I think we think of Silent Cartographer, Assault in the Control Room, Halo. I think that's what comes I think of Combat Evolved like I do the Phantom Menace. Like, Phantom Menace for Star Wars is like the happiest Star Wars movie. Combat Evolved is like the happiest Halo because it, there's a lot of charm to it. I mean, you get that with Halo 2 as well, but a whole yeah. different conversation for another time. But it's just, it's real yeah. sweet in my mind because there's the, it, it was at that point when you didn't know what to expect. You didn't know what was to come next. Yeah. Um, so going into the final mission, the Maw, um, the I thought it was war. so. I thought it was so clever how they reused stuff here because as a kid, I didn't. I didn't as a thirteen-year-old. I didn't actually know that they had reused the Pillar of Autumn mission here. Ah. Like I knew I was back in the Pillar of Autumn, mm-hmm. and it looked the same because I was back in that ship, like story-wise. Yeah, but I didn't realize what they literally did was instead of having that ship set in space, they just had the same ship, the same level structure there, and then they just put sand around it and made it landed. Like, they made the ship landed on the ring, mm-hmm. but it really, they didn't change much. It's the same thing. And then they made the inside look burned up, you know, like it had been in a crash, which yeah. is just genius. Mm-hmm. But this final mission, it's, it's very much replaying through the same areas of the Pillar of Autumn, fighting Flood, um, and that's kind of what it is until... You get to well, you get to the scene with um, three four three guilty spark reappears and he's sending the sentinels on you yeah. and um, he, it's it's funny there's this there's this scene where three four three guilty spark is looking at like data on the pillar of autumn and he's like uh, he's like uh, uh, an inventory of all our lost time human history is it and it's funny because if you if you know the deep details behind uh, the lore for these games originally there was nothing concrete but originally. Bungie was under the assumption, as they made these games for Halo 1 and 2, that uh, Forerunners were just older humans, humans from a long time ago that were more technologically advanced. So here, when 343 Guilty Spark says, you know, all our lost history, human history, is it? He's, like, learning what he's missed, you know, since then. Oh, okay. Um, Interesting. so cool. But anyways, um, now that they have this problem, and 343 Guilty Spark is trying to... I mean, what is he? Is he trying to just stop them from overriding the ship? That's what I always got the impression. I think of. that's what he's doing. Yeah, that's I, maybe. That was my I think thoughts. that's yeah. So basically, um, uh, you have Cortana say, "Well, we can, we can blow this thing up, and we can destroy the ring, and then oh yeah, then there's boom, no boom. way that three four three can will be able to have anyone light it, you mm-hmm. know, get a reclaimer to set this ring off and destroy all life." So that's where Chief has the like the kind of iconic. Um, he's chucking the grenade up and down that's like as big as his head oh i got something uh, something for him and uh, ain't, so then it's, ain't got shit on me yeah so then it's a mad rush to this final little segment at the end of the mission where you have to while flood are attacking you from everywhere in sentinels right. you have to open up these these little pillars like i don't know these big bars that are like blocking a heat hole or something <laughs> a heat box yeah and I don't even know. I don't even think no, Bungie quite knew what it was. I was going to say, it's just weird. It's weird. So you basically have to open up these big exhausts, and then you have to either throw a frag in or, Fire or a rocket. A rocket. Yeah. A frag or a rocket. And you have That'll to blow it, it up. And there's like, there's either four, I think there's four of them. Yeah. There might be more. Yep. I think there's four. two on each side. And if you're playing this, I mean, the first time I was playing this, I was like, this is hard. And then in future replays in Heroic and Legendary, it's so frustrating because you're getting attacked from everywhere. You're dying. You're falling. You're getting up there to try to shoot the thing, and then you fall. Or you get up there to shoot it. It's the last one. You only have one rocket left, and somehow the game doesn't register. You hit it, and you're like, shit, i got to go find more ammo. <laughs> this blows. But then you finally get those those um, exhaust 
you get them to explode, and now basically it's a mad dash to get out of there. And the timer will start here in the, as soon as you get in the Warthog, but basically you're going to have roughly f a little over five minutes to get off of the Pillar of Autumn before this whole thing blows up, and it's going to have this cascade effect. It's going to blow the ring up and, and, and make it so that the ring can't be lit and, and remove that threat. So you get to the Warthog, there's like a station that... This is one part of the level that is new. This, this area was not in the Pillar of Autumn at the beginning of the game. You see all these Warthogs lined up. You get in one, the timer starts, it's roughly six minutes... And then you have this entire crafted, like, stretch where you have to drive the Warthog out of the Pillar of Autumn. Um, it doesn't make any logical sense mm -hmm. between the distance. And, like, there's one part where, like, there's just a little pillar that connects two entire parts of the ship together. And it doesn't make any sense. But it's <laughs> but just like, But it'll be fun. cool. It'll be cool. It's just, it's cool, right? And the music's playing. And, like, Cortana's like, you got to get us out of here. You know, you know something, six Brian? minutes. Shit's going down. What's Brian, up, Brian thought, uh, or when they did that, I bet they thought it would be cool. And, and it was cool. And it was cool. There it is. Boom. There it is. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I just remember being like yeah. playing this because I I always hated timed missions and games. Mm -hmm. I'm like, if I don't make it, I'm going to be so pissed. Mm -hmm. that the reason I lost is because of the time. So I was always freaking out. Now I beat it with like tons of time to spare. But like I was freaking out. I think okay. the first time I did beat it, I think I had less. Brian. I think I had less than 30, 30 seconds the first time I, I beat it. I was cutting it close. But you, you go all through the ship. It's funny because they designed this specifically for driving your Warthog, but there's so many sections where you just flat out run into walls pretty much if you drive <laughs> normal. Yeah. Uh, it just blocks your pathway. It's really hard to get through. It's really janky, but you get through. There is this moment in the middle that I think most of us probably just drive past now because we played the game so many times, <laughs> but you get to this point in the middle where you think Fohammer is going to pick you up and you see her come in on her Pelican and then a Banshee takes her out and... It's assumed she's dead. She's never came back in Sorry. twenty his twenty year history of the franchise. Bye, so Bohammer. pretty sure she's dead. Uh, so then you're like, okay, Cortana's like, we can go. We got a few more minutes. There's a there's a. I always get it mixed up. If it's a long sword or a broadsword, but I'm pretty sure it's long. I was gonna sword. say I thought it was long sword. And she's like, there's a long sword in this bay. We can get there. Just hurry. So you get there. You get to the final stretch. You see the long sword at the end, and it's like you have to get out of your warthog. You have like a a final 10, 15 second run on foot to get to this long sword. Goes into a cutscene, Flutter coming up on Chief. He runs, gets in the longsword, takes off. They blast in out of the Pillar of Autumn. They get out just in time as it blows up and blows the entire ring up. And then it gets this final cutscene where Chief's just sitting there. Cortana says the iconic line, it's nothing but dust and echoes. People are like, who's he? Which Marine was he? She actually just means dust and echoes, not a character. And then, uh, you know, that's where Cortana says it's finished. And you have the camera pan out so you can't see Chief taking his helmet off. He starts to take his helmet off and he goes, I think we're just getting started. And that's where the game goes to credits. And I do have one more thing to say, but I first want to ask Josh, what are your thoughts on all of the final mission, the Maw? Also, I want to say, I think I'm alone here, but I personally feel like the final Warthog run here was, was done much better than the Halo 3 one. I really prefer this one in many ways. Um, I would guess Josh and most people listening would disagree with me. But, Josh, what do you think of the Maw? Well, I do agree with you. Uh, really? Wow, okay. I, I do agree That's with great. you, but I love the Halo 3 one still. Me too. But me uh, too. my favorite one is this Halo 1 and 1 because there are some sections when you're going off a ramp, you can and you, you have such a oh, steep drop that you can completely so pancake. And, and the it, music goes, it does that like uh, stomach sinking music. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whew. Yeah, uh, it's my least favorite level in the campaign of that one. Okay. I, I don't. I think it's objectively a bad level because it, I don't think it's really fun. But when I'm playing Most it, of it's pretty rough. Yeah, when I'm playing it, 
I'm not thinking about that because it's just the end. Uh, I'm there at the end and I want to go through. Exactly. Perfectly said. So, uh, I mean, it's still great for the story, for the narrative. You know, you're coming full circle back where you began and it's just down to you now where it was so many other people before. Uh, it's it's still it's still fun with that gameplay loop, but yeah, there's not a whole lot of narrative really going on until you know from the beginning and then the end. So uh, not not the most fun way to send it out, but a great opening cutscene. You know, pull up, pull up, and uh, and then you know obviously the ending that Brian said, and I love uh, that. I think someone had that video mod where it's him taking off the helmet and it's just another helmet. And I love that so much. So oh, yeah. yeah, had me uh, had me in a weird place when I first beat that game. I was like. Okay, so I thought all of UNSC died. I thought I thought Earth, like humans as we knew it, were dead. I thought all that was left too. was all, what was on that ship. I thought that was humanity. Just Chief and Cortana, and then the, and yeah. the Covenant. Yeah, I'm like, where is the seed going to go to continue this? So, but well, anyway, go that's ahead. The, that's the funny thing because I played I played um, Halo Two first. So even having the complete knowledge of Halo Two, I'm like, I'm finishing Halo One. And I'm like. Okay, well, Sergeant Johnson, I saw him die about 39 times, and he's in the second game. (laughs) (laughs) And then also I'm like, you know, there's no Arbiter in the first game. Mm -hmm. You know what? Because I played two first. But I did. I finished Halo 1, and I thought, you know what? That game, I don't like it as much as 2 because I was young, and I was just like, oh, you know, 2's new and it's better. But I'm like, I played it, and I thought, you know, this game's just as good as 2. Like, that's why when you look at my favorite games of all time, my top two games of all time are Halo two and one in that order halo mm-hmm. two and one because to me they're both just they're so good and I, they don't really compromise much i just love them so much but you know the game ends here and i was very satisfied now this is one thing i wanted to touch on is i brought it up on twitter once it blew up probably a year and a half two years ago i touched on it um i haven't touched on it since but i'll bring it up here a lot of you might remember but i think a lot of you have probably forgot there is actually one final cutscene after the credits and combat evolved that has been removed for MCC and has never been added back in. And I'll so be fair weird. and say I'll be fair and say that it's very minor. So I'm not gonna be, you know, I'm not like those people to get on Twitter and like, oh, three four threes ruined my childhood because they removed two second cutscene that doesn't really matter. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I would love to see this cutscene restored to Halo MCC. And it, I, I think there's an even better argument to be made for this cutscene because they actually redid this cutscene for Halo One Anniversary. I don't know if you knew that, Josh. It's in the 360 version. That I didn't know. Yeah, the actual new graphic anniversary 360 version is there, but it is not an MCC. Once the credits roll, you see out in open space kind of leaving the ring, the destroyed ring, uh, 343 Guilty Spark zooming towards you in the screen, kind of humming, and he zooms away to show that he survived. That is a cutscene that's in the original game. It's in the 360 version of the anniversary, but it's not an MCC. I would love to see them add it back in. Even if they did a, a low-quality job of just like, porting that cutscene, not upscaling it to MCC to just be there. Just be there. You know, it's part of the game. It's part of the history. Be there. I would love to see that. Josh, what do you give, and I'm going to be lame. You'll probably have a more interesting answer. What do you give this game out of 10 when you first played it? What do you give it now? Well, man, we got to talk about the multiplayer at least for a few minutes because we haven't even touched on that. Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah, let's talk about it. It's a good point, Josh. Let's talk about that first. I love the multiplayer. Um... You know, I played it after two, so it seemed like a step back because it is. Um, but what year did you get an Xbox Live, man? I can't remember. Oh, Xbox Live, I yeah. didn't get till two thousand seven. But I played, I played it offline with my brother, and I remember seeing. I remember I did go to a like, as in go to, as in I just passed through. I went to someone's house where their 
brothers were having a four four Xbox like split screen LAN party. Well, you said in the so second episode, that. but you went to like a thing with Kyle. It was like a church thing. Was it for Halo Two? It was a LAN party. That was Halo Two. Okay, but I did like I said, I went to I was at a friend's friend's house, and his brother had four Xboxes and. 16 players hooked up and they're doing hate this is before halo 2 or yeah. yeah it was before halo 2 came out it was combat what are some of the do you remember any of the names people had for their uh profile oh no i literally just i didn't care about halo at the time okay so i, I just passed through but <laughs> i remember seeing like all these tvs yeah. like next to each other and they're all playing the same game and i'm like what what is this yeah it was I a new really concept what was. yeah it was a new concept but i mean the multiplayer you know for a lot of you listening you probably already know this but like it was tacked on at the last second and almost wasn't included the game. It's in the game. It's not balanced at all, really. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's there, and it's obviously just as iconic as the campaign is. It's it's part of Halo's history. The multiplayer was awesome, Josh. I mean, that's pretty much all I have to say about it. It's, it's pretty basic in that game, but it is phenomenal, and I had many good memories playing it. Most of my memories with Halo 1 multiplayer was in the Gearbox port for Halo for, for, for PC, and playing that online yeah. through my dial-up connection on Blood Gulch and, and using the flamethrower that was exclusive to the, the PC version. Uh, great times. Yeah, uh, it was funny. Uh, when Halo 2 was out, to, to fast-forward and bring it back, I was doing a LAN parties at my friend, uh, this one friend named Chris, uh, at his place. And Halo PC had come out or whatever, and Eric, my friend Eric had got it. And the moment he got it, he was not. there was about like two weekends, I think, in a row where we could not pry him away from his computer at home. He was stuck playing Combat Evolved PC because he got to play it online with people. I get And I was like, I was so mad at him at the time. Now now I look back and I'm like, I was just being immature, you know, because I envied him. I was super jealous. But um, uh, yeah, I was it was it was just interesting. And I I I never played a whole lot of Combat Evolves multiplayer um, until really an MCC. I mean, I played it here and there, but. You know, by the time I really got into multiplayer in general and then LAN stuff, that was with Halo 2. And trying to play Combat Evolved LAN just was nowhere near as fun or as competitive. And it just had a more casual sense to it. And I know a lot of people will argue with that and say that it was incredibly in depth and stuff. And that's fine. I'm not going to poo poo on that. I'm just, just wasn't. Uh, I think as, for you and me, Halo 1's multiplayer is a novelty. It's a fun yeah. novelty. And yeah, you got some awesome maps on there. I'll always love Battle Creek and Classic. Blood Gulch. Boarding action I thought was just great because the gap in the middle. Chill out, Chiron, you know, Chiron, I think it's pronounced. Is Beaver Creek the Halo One version or is it Battle Creek? Oh, Battle Creek. Yeah. Beaver Creek's uh, Halo Creek. two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Battle Creek. Yeah. Danger Canyon. I mean, so many what is it? Gyrophobia. Hang 'em high. Hang 'em high. You got Wizard, Timberland, Sidewinder, Rat Race, Prisoner, Longest, Infinity, Icefields. Uh, so many other ones, Death Island. I mean, some of those were from the PCs, but like so many great maps. I loved Sidewinder so much. Just great big team battle stuff. And Timberland was, I think, the PC one. Was it that PC map? And we, Brian and I, yeah, that that's the PC one. Uh, Brian and I love that one. Absolutely love yep. that map. It's just a great yep. one. So shout out to Timberland Bear. But yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, I, I've had so much fun with the multiplayer as time's gone on because it's not the halo multiplayer if that makes sense like yeah it's the first one yep. but i mean i have so much more to go off on now and it's funny because when hang em high when the remake of that came to the multiplayer map pack and xbox live respectively for halo 2 tombstone uh yeah i was not really into it and i don't and, and to be fair i think most of us agree it's still fun in halo 2 but it doesn't work as well as hang em high does in halo 1 but when i was playing it i think i really first played it in halo 2 with its remake so when I went back and I played Hang'em High and Halo 1, I was like, oh, I can see the difference. But also I was like, 
eh, you know, I, I didn't get the yeah. appeal at the time. But, I, you know, then I started playing on, um, you know, between MCC and then also LAN parties that Brian would start having and just having a ton of fun on that one. Blood Gulch, I mean, I've never liked as much. I mean, I love it. It's, you know, but I'm always a coag guy, but uh, more than I am with that. But um, just just some great maps. Boarding Action was just so much fun. It's one of the first maps I ever played, and it had that big gap in the middle. You could follow your death and stuff, and it was just crazy. And Chill Out was just a plasma fest. And it, it, Chill Out was like the one map that really went to show just how terrible the spawning system was in that <laughs> game. Because you you know you could have enemies spawning in your base and stuff like that, but uh, you know I mean I could talk about these you know for episodes in of themselves, but just well let me ask you three fun. questions then before we get into our scores. Yeah, what is your what is your favorite gameplay moment of the campaign? Your favorite story moment of the campaign, and your favorite multiplayer map. Uh, favorite you know what? I'll, I'll, remi- I'll remind you, Josh. I'll remind you because I know I asked a lot. And your favorite no, weapon. No, I think I got you, but thank you. Uh, I think favorite gameplay moment is honestly the initial uh, flood. Uh, when the flood are actually when the little heads are coming out and just charging okay. you. I just think that's a great twist moment because it's terrifying and, and you don't know what's going on. Uh, story moment, honestly... Uh, well, I would say the atmosphere leading up to that because it creates its own, you know, like Brian's so gameplay and story before three guilty. But part. but no, if I I mean if I had to pick another, honestly, storming the beach, you know, which yeah. is great. I mean that was just a real fun moment, and it had that you had all the troops with you, and I always just loved having the Marines with me. I've always loved when I get to have them with me in the games. Um, and then your what was your multiplayer question? Uh, favorite multiplayer map from that game? Ooh, favorite. I mean, probably gonna be. I think it's gonna be Sidewinder. I think so. I Sidewinder. mean, Timberland too. But I mean, I just have more memories with Sidewinder because I didn't get to play Timberland until MCC. But uh, what's your favorite uh, weapon from the game? Mm, good question. MA5B, easy. That's my favorite Halo weapon in general. I love. You know, there's a couple things I was gonna say. A question I want to ask you because I want to hear your answers for this. But something I want you to answer to is what are a couple favorite things that make Halo Combat Evolved stand out for you? And two that come to mind for me, well, I should say three really, but one is just the snap, the the sound when you reload the MA5B, mm. when you get the ammo clip in. I love uh, the sound that uh, the flashlight makes when you turn it on, the little click. And mm-hmm. I love the sort of GPS tracker, the little red icon that comes up telling you the okay. distance. That's something you didn't really get with future Halo games. And I always just really, really loved that for some reason. It always stuck out to me. So over to you. Yeah. Uh, well, to answer my questions and then my own questions, I'll answer yours. Um, my favorite gameplay moment is Storming the Beach. Uh, just like, you know, you said, mm-hmm. from the beach, soccer photographer. That's my favorite gameplay moment. Can't beat it. Favorite story moment is literally watching Jenkins' neural chip and seeing Sergeant Johnson and Captain Keys and them falling oh to God. the flood for the first time. How did I blank on that? That's probably, yeah, I'd probably pick the same for that, actually, retroactively. That's the best story. Yeah, part, that's a great moment. Game. Jeez. Um, for me. And then uh, my favorite map is Blood Gulch, an all-time classic. Sure. I do prefer Coagulation, but that wouldn't be there without Blood Gulch. And I spent so much time on Blood Gulch playing Capture the Flag on the Gearbox port for PC Oh awesome. man, Brian, are you more two flag CTF guy or one flag CTF? Two, two, two. Because I, I want to feel like someone could be doing the same thing to me. I'm doing to them. No, I get that. I love both, but uh, I love Blood both. Gulch and Coag. God damn, two flag CTFs, amazing. Uh, favorite weapon? Yeah. I cannot. Oh, I, I I can't choose between the pistol and the assault rifle because the assault rifle looks and feels and sounds so iconic. And when I and I played Halo 2 first, so when I went back to Halo 1 and I realized they didn't put this beast of a weapon in the second game, I was like, what crack were you smoking? Yeah, the assault rifle was amazing. Yeah. 
you know? So I was like, so assault rifle just blows my mind. If I see the Halo 1 assault rifle, like, in an image, I'm hit with nostalgia. Hit with it. Hell yeah. Love it. Hell yeah. But then the pistol, that's that one weapon I always want to have on me in the campaign because it is an all-around, it is, it's the battle rifle, but better. It's, it does everything. It's better than the rocket launcher. <laughs> it's all in it's one package. Sniper. Yeah. It's all in one package. Yeah. And it's amazing. Just the, 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 the way it, it, uh, when you put the pistol up, when you reload it and it like, you see the back of it on the screen, yeah. like as he loads it. Amazing. So it's those two weapons. If you put my head to the fire, Man. I, I guess I'd go with the pistol yeah. just because it is so versatile, but Nothing's more iconic than that Halo 1 assault rifle. I love it so much. To go to, to answer Josh's questions about the two things that are like special to me about Halo. Yeah, yeah. The one biggest one to me, and we touched on it briefly in the FPS uh, Evolution of FPS, FPS episode, is Halo Combat Evolved is the only Halo game that still has, in my opinion, some of that DNA of those early first-person shooters, that Half-Life 1, that Doom, that Quake. It still has that very, like, archaic coming off the 90s early yeah, shooter yeah, yeah, yeah for sure and it's it's just it's so it's there in the dna of that game and it, it, it's it's the only halo that has that at all it feels like you're halo playing like a favorite. classic like pc type of experience yeah it does on the it's xbox like when you play halo 2 you can tell you're getting a console first person shooter halo 2 is a yeah it's a console it's a cinematic you know heavy multiplayer high production like the future of first person shooters started at 2 but like one just felt like, you know, it just felt like the, you had a the kind of an indie of feel type. with it too, because Bungie was brought in house to Microsoft, yeah. but that was like mid development. So, oh yeah. yeah, compared to like Halo games now, it, it was an indie game, right? Comparatively, For sure. But I, and I know it's I'm not trying to make a contest out of it, but like I know so many there's so many people out there that say like Half Life One was the best, like that's their favorite game of all time. But for me, it's like I've played Half Life One several times, and I love Half Life One, but Combat Evolved to me just seemed to take everything that that uh, Half-Life introduced to the the medium, like story and environmental storytelling. Yeah. And then it did it better because it was a better story. It's a better campaign, better characters, better action. It was just the peak of that old school shooter to me. And even though Halo 2 is my favorite game of all time, Halo 2 doesn't feel anything like those old school shooters. It very much feels steeped in the future. So I'd say that's the main one for me for Combat Evolved. And I think the second thing would be that Combat Evolved, I know my statements are kind of broad, but like Combat Evolved to me... It feels like all of the pros of a story-driven campaign and all of the pros of a gameplay first one at the same time. You know, when sure. I think about Halo Infinite, yeah. when I think about Halo Infinite, you know, like the goals of Halo Infinite was to make it back to roots and make it more a simple story of just Chief and Cortana on the ring, and obviously it's the weapon. Chief and Cortana on the ring, and you got one other character that's the pilot, and very simple, you know, you're on a ring, you're fighting aliens. Like, they tried to bring it back to that. Well, it's, Halo Infinite's so good, I, I love it so much, but, like, Combat Evolved had, like, okay, let me back it up again and say, so for instance, Halo 3, Halo 2, Halo 2 and 3, that's probably where most people, on Halo 4, 2, 3, and 4, that's where people mostly point towards story stuff they loved. Halo 2 had amazing story, 4 had the emotional stuff they loved, and then 3 had, like, the conclusive ending to it all. So, in a way, obviously, Combat Evolved is not the peak of story in Halo. It is not. But Halo Combat Evolved, like, it's that perfect blend of getting, like, you know, your old school Doom games where there's really no story, but it's just fun gameplay that's amazing? Yeah. Combat Evolved has that. But then it also has the killer story that Halo 2 and 3 have. It's not as ambitious as those games. 
but it, it like brings together the perfect like gameplay and story mix and I just love it, it never seems to be overbearing too much in either way. Like when I play like Doom Eternal or something, the gameplay's phenomenal, but the story, which is also good, it's just kind of there. Same for, you know, but the gameplay's phenomenal. When I play Halo Infinite, the gameplay's phenomenal, but the story's just kind of there again. Like the yeah. story's good, but it's not great. Halo Combat Evolved meshes those two things so well together, and it just makes it one of the best games I've ever played. Josh, what do you give this game out of 10 when you played it? And what do you give it now? 10 out of 10 when I played it. Now, I'd probably say an 8 out of 10. Uh, amazing experience. One of the few times I would throw around the words masterpiece uh, because it, it's a flawed masterpiece. I don't think it's like again, yeah. a 10 out of 10 perfect objective experience. Yeah. But it's it just flawed. has a very uh, incredible legacy. Like a couple games that came out around 2001, so you guys can just get a frame of reference. We're talking Grand Theft Auto 3, Metal Gear Solid 2, Tony Hawk 3. You had Ico, Super Smash Brothers Melee, SSX Tricky, Silent Hill 2, Sonic Adventure 2, Devil May Cry, Twisted Metal Black, uh, Conquers, uh, Bad Fur Day. I mean, so you know, Max Payne, the list just goes on. I mean, so many crazy-ass good games that came out. Well, I think RuneScape was out that year, too. I could be wrong, but... Um, I think it was out even earlier. Okay. I could but, be wrong. But yeah, but so, I mean, you had the list was incredible for games, and here comes Halo... And it was just fun to play, man. It was just so much fun to play. And I always go back to that. And, you know, they talk about the 30 seconds of fun in that hey, making of Halo 2 doc and trying to recapture that for Halo 2. But, man, yeah, I really feel that every time I play that game. And it is incredible how replayable such a linear experience can be. And, and I mean, linear is kind of a uh, – I use it broadly because, you know, there's some open sections in that game. But uh, between what it did just for Xbox, between what it did for – uh, console shooters, uh, you know, and then also, you know, how it took to the future for Xbox Live. I mean, it, you know, it had the DNA, so much of the DNA of what Xbox became was in that game more than it was in the console itself. And it's just really amazing to look at the legacy of that. So it all comes back to that experience. And I just had an amazing time with that. That was the game that pulled me into Xbox. It wasn't the Xbox. It wasn't It yeah. wasn't what was coming to the Xbox. It was actually getting uh, to see Halo being played and then actually having it in my hands. And it just felt good. It felt super accessible. It never felt clunky. Um, there were never any issues. I never felt punished in Halo Combat Evolved for you know aside from i guess i'd say the rocket flood the you know any other time i died it was my fault you know i really felt like it was my fault uh so i didn't really feel like i got cheesed too much unless i was playing few on games can few games can contest halo combat evolved as a launch yeah, title yeah. One of, it's like one it's it's one of if not the best launch titles ever i think really its biggest competition would probably be super mario 64 mm. on the nintendo 64 yeah. and i'm sure some people would say breath of the wild but for me, I, the only reason I don't say Breath of the Wild is because it was also on the Wii U. Okay. So I'm like, gotcha. for me, it's just like Super Mario 64 is like the only game to me that's like contesting Combat Evolved for like the best. Because if you, Super Mario 64 was like enough to make you want to play, to own an N64. Killer app. And Combat Evolved sure. is enough to make you want to get an yeah. Xbox. So, no, that's it. Um, My, Josh, if I was... Oh, go oh, ahead. Go, go no, ahead, I was just say final thoughts. I mean, it's just a fun game to play. You know, and I, I just have so much fun. There's a charm to it. I love how the graphics look. Brian kind of, Brian made so, you made so many good points in this episode, but honestly, between the environmental storytelling and just the, the sort of archaic, kind of classic uh, PC first person shooter experience that it kind of gives on a console, I mean, it just, uh, it, it's it's one in its own. And it, it's it's just like the very first Star Wars when you watch A New Hope or, or 
you know, when you get your first like experience in a franchise, you you know, Jurassic Park or Fellowship of the Ring, you know, there's a there's a part of you that knows when you when you 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 know, years pass and you have all this collective nostalgia for these franchises, you know, it's part of a combined uh, storytelling experience, but you remember that point in time when this was its own entity, when it was the only yeah. thing out of its kind, and you can kind of have that separate, isolated experience with it. You know, where you, where it ends, and you you remember like the speculation you had as to where does the story go from here. You remember thinking that. You know, I still remember watching the end of Fellowship of the Ring, and when you know, not knowing what an orc was still, and when Lego or when Aragorn's like, "Let's hunt some orc." I was like, "So you guys are actually fucking off, and you guys are just going to go hunt rabbits, basically?" Like that's a, that's like, like a rabbit. Of, and yeah, I, I, that's what I thought, and I was just like, so I mean, I, I I long for those days. I miss those days. So I mean, it's really it's really cool to go back to Combat Evolved every time I do, and and, and get that dopamine rush of nostalgia. I love it. Yeah, man. Um, I, I know you've you've helped me be more objective because I was going to say a 10-10 when it came out, a 10-10 now. Because to me, personally, subjectively, game's a perfect 10. I don't want anything to change about it. I love it. It's perfect. But by today's standards, accounting for all the flaws it had and, and the repeated levels and, and issues like that, it's a solid 8 out of 10. I think, But that's, oh, yeah. that's a game that is 20-some years old. And we're saying that if you play it today, it's still holding that eight. Yeah, I really think a fun, it does. good experience. The only thing that honestly it. keeps it from going to that ten, the two points that are off, is honestly just like things like getting bumped and killed super easily in the multiplayer, yeah. which to most people is charming, which it is to me too now. But you know, it's, it's super frustrating at the same yeah. time if you're new. You know, and then Getting you obviously lost have at levels like two betrayals. Yeah, super repetitious, bad. some tediousness in there. It makes sense narratively, but uh, boy, is it it repetitious at times in the library, which is we like, but damn, yikes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but great. I mean, there's a lot pushing it to get to that eight in uh, 2022. All right, Josh. Right before we get into our final stuff, let's listen to one more original Halo Combat Evolved commercial. A mysterious artifact. An alien ring. Lost for thousands of years. Marooned on its surface. by an undaunted foe. You are mankind's most advanced warrior. Equipped to battle indoors and out.
Brings back memories, doesn't it, Josh? Man, man. Gives you something to think about, doesn't it, Brian? Gives you something to think about. Halo Combat Evolved. Gives you something to think about 2001 Xbox. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Take man, me back. Sweet, 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 sweet ad from back in the day. Take me back. back. The time where... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm... Uh, just back in the time where like Halo was so cool that there wasn't really a question about it, right? Like you, If you went out in public and said... Halo is a badass game. It's my favorite game. I love it. You got respect. People thought you were respect. cool. Where today, and this, this let me let me really preface by saying, this has nothing to do with a particular game or 343 or anything. It just has to do with the times. If you go out today and say you like Halo, you're just as likely to be met with, you know, I don't know anything about Halo or care about Halo as you are to be met with the Halo. I haven't liked Halo in 20 years. Like, or, you know, 15, 10, 15 years. Like, people just don't talk about Halo now. Like, if I go to work, all of my coworkers, they know about Call of Duty. They know about GTA. They'll they'll know about FIFA or or even, like, uh, the latest Battlefield. But if I bring up Halo, they're like, I'm not really interested, you know? So, like, it's, things have changed. But back then, Halo was the coolest shit ever. So much was hitting its peak in 2001 uh, in just in entertainment, you know? And it was just a great... Great fun time, exciting time as we were in the new millennium, dude. And I think back to when I was playing Halo, I think back to baggy pants, Thrasher t-shirts, graphic t-shirts that were oversized, backwards baseball caps, which a lot of people still wear today. I do too. But um, just a fun fucking time, dude. And you listen to, you hear these ads and commercials and it was just like, they don't promote it like that anymore, man. I miss when gaming culture was sort of in itself. Like it wanted to branch out and it wanted to penetrate pop culture. But it was still very much, it hadn't penetrated it yet, and it was still kind of considered nerdy because I, I, I do kind of miss the whole, like, like as much as I hated the jokes, like, huh, uh, you play video games, you're obviously a virgin. But at the same time, I was like, hell yeah, because I'm busy fucking killing the covenant. I ain't got time for yeah. sex. You know, so I, lo- I miss those <laughs> times, and, and just how, I, I remember there was, I, I want to say it was... I can't remember if it was E399 or 2000, but there was a point in time when we had an E3 that was showing off PlayStation, GameCube, Xbox, and Sega Dreamcast, and just what a time that was. What a point in time that was. So, I mean, these ads just make me super nostalgic. Yeah, man, it was. I liked it better. I mean, there's pros and cons to everything, but like the the time when gaming wasn't cool, like you said, it was. It was like it was within itself, but it wanted to branch out into pop culture. And at that time, it was just like, it was like, it was almost like everyone who was gaming at the time was in this little club that we knew was the most badass freaking club ever. But no one else wanted you know to join it because they thought it was lame. You know what it now is? everyone's a part of it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, dude, it, this is it. It was like, okay, so you have like, uh, you think about, you know, gaming and you think like uh, the stereotype of Doritos and Mountain Dew and all that shit. But that's what it was for me, guys. I got, you know, I, I had a lot of that in high school when it was really like peaking. But then I came back around and I had it in a whole new way when I got to start was really started hanging out with Brian Heavy. I'm going over to Brian's place and I'm fucking thinking about like the television show Lost. I'm just obsessed with it or something. I go over to Brian's house and Brian asks me a question about Dishonored and suddenly I care about Dishonored. I'm looking up to see if it's on sale. Oh, is there a complete edition? Brian had this way of just pulling you in without trying to. I mean, if Brian wanted to try to convince you to go get Chinese over Wendy's, he could do it. But but Josh, be like, that's fine. I'll just, I'll just get sweet and sour chicken with ketchup. Yeah, that's that's a thing for me. But uh, although I actually do like sweet and sour chicken as it is now it's funny but uh i still I but still, not with the sweet and sour no i do actually have it with sweet and sour now oh but, wow, okay but yeah if we ever go back i'm always to that place i'm always going to get it with ketchup but anyway right. but just to just to further extrapolate on that i mean it was just really fun i'd go over to brian's and i could say that i could look over brian i'd be like you know 
Do you want to go get like Wendy's or something? Do you want to go basically get like a ton of food, a ton of, you know, ton of soda and just stuff our faces and, and experience whatever we're doing? And Brian, yes. Brian would be like, yes, but Brian might also say, uh, Josh, I already got four 12 packs of Mountain Dew in the freezer, you know, <laughs> like getting cold. But I mean, that was the fun of it is that so, you know, when we create those core memories and I look back, that's what that was. That was a, a, a part of the package to me. You know what I mean? Like of if. If having these game experiences with Brian and my friends was essentially like a video game itself, the deluxe edition aspect of it, the extra content was really having being surrounded by the the gross, nasty, greasy food that got your fingers dirty, that got your controllers grimy and the Mountain Dew that gave you uh, indigestion super bad and made you have to go blow it up in the bathroom. I mean, it was just fun. And it was I mean, that was a time, too, when. Brian could be having a conversation with somebody, and I'd have to go pee real fast, and I'd be like, "I wish there was a way to piss faster because I'm missing this," you know. And you just want to yeah. go, you want to go and experience that. And and that was another credit to Brian uh, when it comes to Halo and just gaming in general. Has always made it feel cool because I always thought that stuff was cool. I never, I never cared that it was nerdy. I didn't buy into all that, but. Then I got to meet Brian, got to become real friends with him, and he was so much more enthusiastic than me and so much more in deep to all the rumors and, and, and hubbub and stuff. And it just it kind of showed me someone else, and I, I thought, man, Brian's such a cool guy. I thought, if if this guy is really up on this stuff, man, it just further validates how awesome this stuff is and how fucking awesome it is to be Compliment nerdy. King right here. So, I mean, it just – but that takes me back to Halo and stuff because that's really – Brian got to bring me back in the fold with it. And Well, Josh, stuff, to, so, yeah. to be to be, to be be honestly full of ourselves, but I just have to say this because I feel like it's so true. I re- so true. I remember <laughs> – I remember us sitting in my living room at my house in 2017, mm. and you and I were very much like we always do – before we started this podcast, you and I were very much in a deep back and forth discussion about Halo in the living room. And I was talking and you were talking and then I'd say something and you'd say something. We build off each other and we go, 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 go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The conversation just naturally occurred and went on for 45 minutes to an hour. And I remember my brother standing in the doorway of his bedroom, just listening to us. And I remember thinking to myself, it's extremely full of ourselves. uh, I remember thinking to myself, I was like, if we made a freaking podcast, it would be so freaking good. <laughs> like, holy shit. Like, we're just doing this without any script, without any effort, without any plan for where we're going to go. We're just talking. And this shit's interesting. You could see Creighton. Like, Creighton was playing a video game in his room, but he paused that shit to come out and listen to us because he's like, I want to hear this. And he doesn't want to miss any of it because it's good shit. And I remember thinking, like, man, if we could make a podcast. And back then in 2017, like, the concept of making a podcast to me was like, that's impossible. I don't have a eight-year education to figure this shit out. Thank you, you know? Anka. Like, sponsors. Like, there's no way I'll ever be able to make one. Like, no part of me was considering that because it was like, there's no way. Like, that's too hard. Sure. But I was like, damn, if we ever did, it'd be good. And then we made one, and it was good. <laughs> <laughs> that's very <laughs> but, true. Yeah, though, but right. if you guys want to make one, Anchor. It they makes got it really you. They make it super easy. It, yeah, yeah. No minimum listenership, baby. <laughs> they have creation tools. Did you, you know? Can make one, you, can, you can make $1, $2, $3, any dollars. What do you need? More money. More moolah. More moolah. I love that God. part so much in that if ad. You guys, if you guys are sick of hearing that ad, I'm sick of hearing no, it. No, I hey, love it. You, or you need some money. At least some I got moolah. That, oh, man. At least I, I got it. some of that Halo music in there. No, you're right, though, dude, because that, that was something I noticed from you from the get-go. Like You would you would be talking about something, and people would get pulled in. I always bring up that story of when we were in uh, Pizza Ranch, and that guy randomly... Yeah. Like gets pulled into you. You guys like, talking about Halo? You guys talking about Halo? Yeah, uh, that was a great moment. And then yeah, I mean that 
that did start to happen the remember, more you and I talked. Remember we were working at Hy-Vee. It's a grocery store. Uh, Josh was in one aisle stocking this grocery store. I was in the next aisle. And I had this other guy in the aisle with me who worked with us named Julian. And Josh was like, Brian, Brian, tell him about that. Tell him about that Forerunner trilogy shit. Tell him. Tell him. <laughs> like, okay. Okay, let me tell him. And then Julian's there. And I'm like, okay, let me tell you about this. And I go into the whole 400 trilogy. I go, you know, medicant bias, 343 guilty spark, yeah, chakas, yeah. didactic, go through all of it. And I was, and Julian's mind was just being blown. I remember one point Julian just walked away from me out of the aisle over into Josh's aisle, but I could still see him out of the corner of my eye. And he went into Josh's aisle, the end of the grocery aisle, just to put his hands on his head and make the like Jackie Chan, like mind exploding <laughs> meme. To just show Josh, like, Brian's blowing my mind over here. I didn't know any of this shit. I don't remember that. That's great. <laughs> and Josh was like, that's right? Like, he did the same thing to me like a year ago, yeah. whatever long ago it was. Yeah. No, no, no. It was Absolutely, great. Dude. We lo- Halo, like, man, we get sometimes we get so fatigued on Halo. Sometimes we want to talk about other stuff. Like, right now, you know, we've been talking about Obi-Wan and, and Stranger Things and all yeah. this. But, man, at the end of the day, when we come back to that, to Halo, man. So the reason memories, why so we're much doing love. a Halo podcast. So, yeah. so much love for Halo. Yeah, yeah, Josh, are you ready to go into that business? Yeah, let's do it, man. We we promised we would go much shorter, but guys, you're getting a long... Yeah, this is the longest one, one we've done in a minute, so yeah. Take juicy one. Okay, um, guys, let me start off by saying, if you want to go watch Josh and I play through Combat Evolved with voiceover commentary, we've had that up on YouTube for years. We're not saying it's the best content ever made. We're not saying someone hasn't done it better, but if you want to hear me and Josh... Goof around and talk and play through the whole game. You can go to youtube.com slash sacred icon. There's a, there's a literal playlist there for it, but it's our oldest videos on the channel. Go ahead and watch that. It's a lot of fun. Being humble, Tell us what I you won't think. Be. It's the best thing ever. So go check it it's out. It's great. Um, if you guys want to follow Josh on Twitter, he is at Jurassic Joshy. Boom. If you want to follow me, I'm at Brian's Bane. Bang. If you want to follow the Sacred Icon Twitter, it is at Sacred Icon. Boom, Pod. bang. Uh, if you want to send a voice clip or uh, an email in at any time, and provided there's nothing inappropriate in there, we're going to always read it off, always play it on the podcast. Send that to sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. If anyone wants to come talk with us and be uh, have like conversation and get to know us, come to our Discord. Uh, just look for Sacred Icon on there. You'll find that. Um, we'd love to have you there. Josh, you got an Apple review for us? Let's I do, that. guys. Yeah, you want to leave an Apple Pod review, Audible, I mean, anywhere you can leave a review, please do. Let us know, and we are going to read it off on the show. This stuff means a ton to us, so thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, yes, uh, we actually got this, I think, ahead of time last week. I just didn't see it in time. So my bad for that, Sergeant AAV, or Death Ghost, it looks like. Uh, said, finally, a fun and positive Halo. It always cuts off there, so I never know for sure what <laughs> the rest of that goes. But uh, gives it five stars. It says, if you love Halo or just mildly interested, these guys will definitely keep you listening. With their enthusiasm, positivity, and hilarious discussions about all things Halo, you will definitely have a smile on your face from episode to episode. Their intro is awesome. Their interaction with their audience is sincere and great. Brian and Josh make it an all-out fun time to listen. I thought it would be cool. And it was cool. Ah, Death Ghost. Oh, thank you so much, you. Death Ghost. That is resounding praise, man. Thank yeah. you so much. And shout out to Caleb for that intro. Up. He does our intro. Our that's yeah. our, uh, Brian's friend first, but uh, our buddy, and he does some. He's done some great music for us and really helped us out. So yeah, our buddy, dude. I don't. Maybe you don't know this because we don't pitch it that often because it's behind us now. But uh, if you really like the the intro, we had Caleb. Uh, Caleb Webster is his name. He's one of the patrons. He's he's our buddy who hey, made guys. the intro and outro music. He did an entire Sacred Icon 
uh, album, metal album, following the same style as the intro and outro, and it's on Spotify. Uh, it's also on Patreon to download, but it's on Spotify to listen to the entirety of it. It's great. They're all, all Halo Infinite themed. <laughs> that theme gets me going sometimes, man, because when I, when I get to the end of the episode, I always let it play out, and I always just picture like everyone in the community in monk robes like singing together, like, ah! and then it's like, we made it, guys. And I'm like, ah. I know. I love how our outro ends because it's like, dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun, dun. It's over. Yeah. It's great. It's a banger. I listen to other podcast outros and I'm just like, you guys just suck. That's not that's even awesome. that's not even my I'm type of music in it. <laughs> no, you're good. That's not even I my type of music, but it's that absolute banger. So proud of it. So proud of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not. If, 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 if it was Josh's type of music, it would sound a lot different and still be great. But yeah, Josh likes this despite <laughs> It'd be like, it not I'm like a bird. We got to get out of here. <laughs> we just go out one day. True. <laughs> yeah, um, but hey thanks so much for the review thank you so much that means a ton and uh i'm we're so glad to have you in the community now and, and thanks for joining us all right finally guys you can be mentioned on the podcast for as low as one dollar if you're interested in supporting us monetarily you can go to patreon.com slash sacred icon we have several different tiers there of different things you can get but like i said a lot of people just come in at that one dollar because they will say hey i want to hear my name shouted out on the podcast or you can go as high as $50 a month and be on the podcast with Josh and I. Have a whole episode just like Sparky's has, Corey Hanks, Ooh. Kevin Benson. I can mention there's so many great guests that have been on there. Uh, those options there. Just go to patreon.com slash sacred icon. Let's list off our patrons. Josh, you ready? I'm going to go quick through these. Let's do it, baby. Man, we're running late. Rolling around at the speed of sound. Brian's got, got to get out to go. Got to follow well, let's do it. Oh, man. Kick it off, Brian. Stuff goes hard. I got to watch Sonic 2. It's on Paramount Plus now. Yeah, hell yeah. You can also watch the Halo show there. We're not being paid. but. Still <laughs> uh, ahead, anyways, let's here we go. Let's do it. To our patrons. Here we go. We got Agira. Thank you so much. Let Agira. us know if I said that wrong. Love that name. Agira. Love that. Thank you. We got Lisa McCreary, Lisa, Sparkies, and so It's Yodi. And It's Yachty. Thank you so much. We got Hocus Locus. It's the sequel to Hocus Pocus. going to be a lot Can't better. Can't wait for the sequel this year. Dark Chaos 580 won the Hot Topic Award of the Year. Thank you so much. Oh, Appreciate circa you. Circa 2004 when they had the baggy pants with the zippers. Blind Valkyrie, thank you so much for support. You're, you're great. I can't speak that fast. William, <laughs> William Green, your last name's Green. So is my pastor's last name. Oh, my name. God. A decent guy. Thank you so <laughs> thank much. You, thank you. Kevin Benson from episode 99, thank you so much. Kevin, check him out. well, buddy. Love you, man. Sacred Staple Albino. Albino. Love, love seeing you in the Star Wars Thank you so much. Thank you. I, Irving TV, you bring me so much happiness with your joyful amazing face and dude, presence. Amazing vibe. Appreciate you. Thank you so, so much. I already said it, but you deserve it twice. I'm like a bird. bird on the flyaway, and I'm true. Sorry if I got too loud in your ears, guys. Next, I smell something bad. It's AJ's dank. <laughs> no, wait. That's just my BO. He smells great. Thank you so much. Next, you, we buddy. have Fallout 152, who says this is a sequel to Fallout 76 that doesn't Launch broken. Yeah, you know how Fallout, you know how this was originally planned as a multiplayer expansion for Fallout 4? Guess what? I'm way better. I'm the whole game Josh, in that. hit me up, but before you hit me up, I'm going to give you an opportunity. You're going to be okay. so glad I give you this opportunity, Josh. All right, Brian. Go ahead, bring out your phone okay. and start the recording, because I'm going to say hit me up with Minadeus, but I know you want people to see me reacting to you singing it. Oh, so. oh shit, baby. That, Let me do it. Hold that recording up Let on your do phone. It. Here we go. Here we go. Hit me up with the Minadeus. Okay, ready? Minadeus, 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 Minadeus. Men a dead, men a dead, men a dead. Oh, 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 men a dead. Woke up, I'm a men a dead. There it is. Thank you so much for that. There it Thank is, guys. Buddy. Check that out in the Discord. Check it out. <laughs> 
Next, we have Ian Duruk. Thank you so much Ian for your Duruk. support. The fuck? It's Duruk. We have, he's a rebel, he's a saint. Shit, Tim rebel. rebel. Thank you so much. Next, we have Ascending from the Ashes. <laughs> That's what I'm recording next time. Jesus Irish Phoenix. Go ahead, Josh. Oh. Bring the recorder up. Here <laughs> okay, we go. Okay, okay. Let's Here do we go. This. You ready for this? Part two, guys. Hang on. All right. Next, we have Ascending from the Ashes, Born anew, <laughs> Irish Phoenix. It Thank never you so gets much. old. It never gets Appreciate old. Thank you. you, buddy. Next, we have not the dope shark, not the cool shark. The it's lame the lame shark. shark. I love them all. Great Instagram anymore. stories. Love them. Every time I go dancing, I don't do the dab. I do the dab. Dab. Says, you look like a white dad. And I say, yep, just get me them sneakers with them grass sketches. stains. Sneakers with them grass stains. Sneakers, 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 sneakers. When you got to dance stains. at nine, but you're mowing at five. There it is, baby. <laughs> Actually, I have to mow today. That yeah, sucks. same, same. My yard same. takes like seven minutes to complete, but it's not too much. It's awful. Next, we got Kevin Nelson, who is next to Colton Pittman. And they're both tripping Brett Favre and laughing as they're running. <laughs> nice. Thank I like so that. Much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. But... Then Ooh. suddenly, I call a mulligan from Eric Miller. Oh, great call. Boom. Talk about mulligan. that segue. Thank you. <laughs> Talk about the Next segue. We have that sexy mofo, Jared Hartley. Jared Hartley, so himself. He's just recently had a birthday, I think, right? Didn't he? Happy birthday. Yeah, I don't know. Happy belated. Happy birthday I think anyways. so. Appreciate you. Next, we have our wonderful mods, Small Print TV, Aaron and Preyanchu, all supporting us on the Patreon. All bangers. All bangers. I Thank love you so much. so much. I love you. You know who else I love, Josh? Love Our her. OG sacred staple, Rodan, who says, butter my waffles. Thank you. <laughs> Rodan and butter support. my waffles. Thank you so much, both of you. Uh, next, we have our friend Nerva, David Wyatt. David. sacred icon, bingo. Thank you so David, much for that David, support. David. Show that, Josh, that hit me up with that video. ACDC out. Oh, go ahead. He, he go, just go had ahead. that cute video of his daughter. That was adorable. Oh, that was in the adorable. Selfie adorable. Yeah, that was adorable. Adorable. Uh, Made me so excited for, for my daughter. Anthony DC outlaw. Back black. Only one got a two episode out. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you're enjoying oh. that, buddy. I'm so behind on tweets. It has been a bender of Star Wars retweeting, so I haven't caught up on a lot of people's stuff. But anyway, thank you so much. And for going this. back to our buddy who makes all of our music, that's Caleb Webster, descending from his hey butthole web. Thank you so much. Next, we have Chris Greco. May Greco have you some Greco. It's Chris Greco. Oh, Greco. Do one more time, Brian. I said, here it comes. Chris Greco. May Greco have you some Greco. It's Chris Greco. Thank you so oh, much. Whoa, whoa. Next, we got our boy Tony, who's always sending in wonderful words. Love you so much. Hey, Tony, if you're listening, hey, Tony. I know you you taught, you messaged me on Facebook Messenger. I looked at it four times, never responded, got distracted playing Halo Infinite. And by the time I realized I never responded to you, it was a day later. So I apologize. I love you, dude. Definitely wasn't ignoring you. Thank you so much, Tony. I get late on some of my replies, too, but oh my God, I love Tony so much. Next, we have the sequel to Christopher Columbus's absolute shite movie, <laughs> Pixel <Shite>. Freak. <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> I'm sure he appreciates the criticism as long I as love he says that Columbus, voice um, so do I Harry Potter, Harry Potter Hell Potter Alone I remember that but that, he did Pixels you know that so, Return to Hogwarts yeah. thing he was like man I wish I really would have stayed on and I'm like yeah, I, I knew why Pixels was so bad Yeah, they didn't have a green screen they had to shoot against Ares 0430 Ooh. mustache <laughs> boom wait did you have Pixel Freaks for the Chris Columbus one was that was that Pixel Freaks yeah. Okay. Thank you, Pixel Freaks, and thank you, thank you, Aries. <laughs> but you got so stunned by I, that Aries yeah. But hey, thank you both of you. It's beautiful stuff. Next, we have not the Queen Grunt, not the Junior Grunt. It's the King Grunt. King Grunt. So much support you so much. Not so much. On the throne. We got not the Phantom Menace, but the Montana Menace. I bet you're loving that Obi Wan. Thank Montana you so much. Montana Menace. Josh, it's not the Green Plumber. Oh, it's it's fucking Ouija, bro. That's what it is. is. Going to be on the so show much. at some point here soon. I can't wait to talk to you. He doesn't power you. up with mushrooms. You're our friend. He powers, and we love you. He powers. Thank you. You are going to be so <laughs> Brian, like, like, Brian, I'm saying this regardless. 
He doesn't power up with the mushrooms. He powers up with Kodio so that he can be a Joshy big boy, unlike <laughs> Cody Joshy. thank you so much, Joshy big boy. Thank you. Shout out to Ryan Barca. I'm sure you're great that we had that uh, NASCAR Thunder 2003 retrospective earlier in the show. Thank you so much for your support. <laughs> hey, I love you, Ryan. Next, we have not the newest, but the greatest dad, Dustin Mondre. Thank Dustin you so much Mondre. for your support. We got Anthony Nicolosi always keeping it real over at Kale Qual Entertainment. I went back Thank and so I listened to some of the uh, Launch a Halo 3 episode that we did way back, and I, I remember his opening that we had. He had sent an Eclipse submission. Oh, man, Anthony, you're so funny, man. He's the best. Uh, next, we got Corey Hanks, who I was thinking about when I was playing Infinite. I thought, man, I'm about to bl- I'm about to complete another playthrough of Infinite, and I want to start it back over again. But Corey said earlier in the year, he's like, I got to stop. I'm on like my fourth playthrough. I got to stop or else I won't be able to play it co-op when it comes out because i'll be, st- I'll be oh, stagnant I or like stale of it so he stopped Corey, man, I, I remembered you man i've been Thank watching so through much. all the freddy krueger movies i'm on the last one i'm on the remake man i gotta tag you in and talk about it man i got thoughts so but hey thanks for the support <laughs> next we got from oni nightwire himself is brent brent tony Mo- i reached out to him recently support. he's doing good he's doing good doing good yeah. glad to hear it man Next, we have dropping in from the ceiling with that odst chili drop pod it's mh cosplay mh cosplay man he's been working hard Working for the weekend, so we can go to the cons. He works hard for the money. But we got the esports god in Big Dog Mills. In Big Dog Mills. And we have the spiciest meme lord of all time, Photon. Oh, fucking time. You know what's hilarious, Josh? I just realized this. What's this that? Is funny. My brother's not a patron anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we lost a patron. It was my brother. <laughs> Creighton dropped out. He's like, I don't like these guys anymore. He's like, nah, content's garbage, bro. No, he's probably more like, I just don't want that shit on my account anymore. He's like, oh, gas is getting high. We're gonna we're gonna get rid of Netflix. We can definitely get rid of Sacred Icons. Bro, uh, Creighton, you were uh, Creighton was probably one of those guys that were like, are you guys actually gonna cover the entirety, like every episode of the Halo show? Show? The <laughs> show? Like, oh. He's like, unsubscribe. Josh, we have, next we have uh, K.A. Nick who says uh, shows quality. Shows quality. Uh, I love it very But much. then he goes on. He says, you know what I what I really like more than the show? What's is a quality woman. But Trevor Polky has taken the <laughs> Shout out to both of you guys. That was good. That was good. Thank you so much. Next we have the preferred WandaVision duo. The Shipleys. Thank you so Great much. Great seeing you guys back guys. on Twitter. I missed you guys so much. Right? And the Shipleys have been supporting us the third longest right now. Man, that's crazy. Third longest. That's crazy. Next we have our second longest. Dust Storm! Dust Storm! Love Dust Storm. We got a guest on the And then show. we have Such the OG, OG supporter who has perhaps become as iconic as Brian and Josh himself because he's been here from the beginning. We got new listeners coming in saying, Who's this guy? He's been here from the beginning. Is he still here? And then he pops in. He says, I am. It's the who man who saw Justice League, knew it needed more, right through your front door. Mr. Mega Blocks himself. Matthew Salvatore, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for the Patreon support. It means so much. Makes Brian and I sing with a joy. Oh, that mm, was good. Oh, yes. Guys, we hope you enjoyed this palate cleanser of an episode talking about one of the greatest games of all time. There I said it. Halo Combat Evolved. That's right. We loved having this mini retrospective. It was so much fun it. to do. Please message in, leave us a comment, Twitter, Discord, whatever. Let us know what you think about Combat Evolved. What do you love about it? What do you hate about it? We Give love us what your you thoughts. hate. Gotta let us know. Thank you so much, guys. We love you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sacred Icon Podcast. And as always, keep it sacred. So, you beat the Halo demo. Not bad, soldier. Not bad at all. But are you ready to take the next step? In the full version of Halo, you'll find additional vehicles like tanks, plasma turrets, and aircraft. Powerful new human and alien weapons. A single-player campaign spanning 10 massive indoor and outdoor environments 
and support for intense multiplayer battles with up to 16 of your friends. Or enemies. All that wrapped up in an epic sci-fi story that's so freaky! Whoa! It makes me shake just thinking about it. Halo! Combat Evolved! Buy one! Heck, buy two! That's an order, soldier! episode was legendary yeah that was always so very good <laughs> i love that part in there's that part in parks and rec when john ralphio goes right into nick off from his face <laughs> he goes it's because i'm basically homeless <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude i loved him so much uh, oh he goes out to, he's, he's talking shit, to I, I forget the the one chick's name but she's the heavy set gal and he's like what i'll do is i'll get you i'll get you on that dance floor the music's playing and i will dagger you Dagger you on the dance floor. And she's like Say like mesmerized. Yeah, just super poker face. And, and what's his what's his saxophone name? Uh can't remember. Gray, something gray or oh, silver? I, I don't something know. Silver? Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember. Yeah. I know. That was a dope episode, dude. We killed it. Yeah, that was good. That was good. <laughs> no, that was really, really fun. You sounded like Kay and Nick right there. Like, yeah, that, that was No, good. no, no. That okay. was that was good. Just processing it. Yeah. That was, uh yeah. man, that, that <laughs> that's uh what was it? Hit me up with the sound of I was like, ooh, that was one of my biggest botches ever. But man, that that episode, no, it was good. That episode itself was really, really fun. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot. We got of fun, more dude. progressively nostalgic as we did it. So as always, and wholesome by the end. So can't believe my brother dipped. <laughs> what an asshole! <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Creighton. I love you. I don't you. mind. I don't mind at all. I miss him, dude. I miss him. I hope. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I'm gonna get to see you this year or anything. But with the kid and all, but hopefully at some point I get to see you guys again. <laughs> 